1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Connecting to the big show
3: in three, two, one.
2: 2, 1 When we take control of our lives and our
4: destiny We're a small country but we punch way above our weight. Like I'm filming now what this
5: is to be honest with you. I thought it was one of the hardest things to do. It was horrendous
2: We're the one for Cork and ready to talk Can we just talk? Call
3: 1850 715 996.
2: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696 96
3: 96. Email opinion at 96
2: The lines are live. Let's
3: kickstart the conversation.
2: This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
3: On Cork's 96FM.
6: Do you know when I was growing up, the 22nd of December was one of those kind of nothing days. The only people who were happy on the 22nd of December when you were a kid was someone whose birthday it was. Because it kind of wasn't the 23rd event, it wasn't New Year's Eve, or it wasn't Christmas Eve Eve, and you kind of weren't finished in school yet, because we didn't finish up until the 23rd back then. And it was really awful, you were kind of going nowhere, you couldn't get to Christmas fast enough. Three sleeps out now, three, look at that weather. Which I'm sorry I complained about the weather yesterday, but you look at it now. That is awful. You wouldn't put a duck out in that this morning, but it is what it is. We had a massive response. Massive. We're still coming in at two o'clock. Massive response yesterday to the very generous uh, giveaway from our friends at Supervalue who are looking to share the magic this Christmas. And they've given us hampers, super hampers, worth 75 euro each. To give out, and uh, we did two yesterday, and we have three more today. Stories of people who made your year, who did something special, who just made it made the world a better place for you during 2021. This is about the gift of giving, this isn't about the gift of winning for you. You're not winning this for you, you're winning this for someone who made your year better in a simple way or in a big way. And we had two yesterday, and we have three today, one an hour. And we need you to tell us your stories 083 396 96 96, 1850 715 996, or lead opinion at 96vm.ie. And do, if you wish, uh, send us a voice message. But the best ones and the ones most likely to win a hamper are the people willing to tell their stories on the radio. That's how we like to do it. So if you've got a good story about somebody that made your year, and you'll tell it on the radio, then come forth, as they say. We had pages yesterday, just pages and pages. We still have all those pages. So Bailey and Fiona there to take your calls today. Thanks again to Super Value, sharing the magic this Christmas with those hampers to give away. One this hour, one next hour, one in the last hour. And we get them out tomorrow with the street feet. Okay, to business and another video circulating during the night of pretty awful scenes down in Washington Street. What looks like a firework thrown at the guards. And then that comes only a day or two after three female Gardaí were attacked and beaten by an unruly crowd of about 30 or 40 youngsters in Carrigaline on Saturday night. And that video was flying around the internet for the last couple of days. Not only were they attacked, two of them were injured. At one point there was a guard that Batten rubbed and put on, up on eBay for sale like it was pure thuggery of, of the lowest order. And that's two incidents now in the space of a few days. And it led to a very angry statement last night from both the Garda Representative Association and indeed the Association of Garda Sergeants and Inspectors condemning the violence, but also in the case of the GRA calling for better resources for the Garda in Cork. And I've been speaking to the GRA this morning. Paddy Harrington, Cork Rep of the Garda Representative Association. Podrig those videos from Carrigaline at the weekend can only be described as disgusting. Very, very serious development.
7: Yeah, good morning, Peter. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I suppose we never like to see any of our members getting uh, attacked. Um, uh, again, last night we had another incident in Washington Street where five where members were, were attacked, but it was the uh, the, the one in Carrigaline was very serious. Um, we three female members, and and I suppose um, the, the, the assistance was a number of kilometres away. Cork City, Anglesey Street, sixteen kilometres from from Carrigaline garda station. So, um, very serious. Um, and again, it's all down to resources. And um, I suppose back in 2018, we told the then chief superintendent in Cork City bearing Matt that he was short 125 yards and um, that has improved PJ because we've moved from five units to four units and we got about a 20% bump um, in numbers or resources available yeah. at any given time but um, like we're still in the city we're still short about 100 yards and I met the new chief superintendent Tom Myers. Um, in late October and again I raised the issue of uh, resources with him and I've, I suppose he look, looked for time to, to deal with the problem but um was he's inheriting I can only describe it as, as mismanagement um, the, you know we provided evidence at the time that, the, that there was a serious lack of resources in Cork City um, and looked at throughout, throughout the country yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. um,
6: we're, we're not unique in that situation but Uh, we we certainly do need resources brought into Cork City The three members who were attacked on Saturday night are they okay?
7: Yeah, I've spoken to all three and um, one was not injured Uh, one is is, is, is bruised and um, had to attend her doctor Uh, the other received straight injuries and also attended her doctor Um, do I expect them back to work? Yes, Uh, I think one one girl will be out longer than the other Um,
6: you know, not a nice experience, especially coming up at uh, Christmas time. And, they, you know, they both have families. Very frightening. And a level of violence, I think, we're not used to seeing uh, close up. Social media has changed all that. But, but your, your members are under threat quite frequently. I mean, like you said, we saw I saw that video earlier this morning from Washington Street last night.
8: Yeah, look,
7: it, it, it might be a level of violence that... Uh, the public are not used to seeing, but it's 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 a level of violence that members on the ground are are getting used to seeing. Unfortunately, mm. um, you know, it, it certainly has become more dangerous, and that situation has been left developed by mismanagement of you know, we we provide the GRA have provided evidence to you know previous management that we need more resources. It's getting more dangerous. It's getting more dangerous for the public. It's getting more dangerous for for the, the members on the ground. And that evidence was ignored. And I suppose you read what you saw, unfortunately there's a mess now left for the, the current chief superintendent um to 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 clean up. Um, but I have no doubt that uh, I, I I'm twenty years in Park City and I know the current Chief Superintendent um has vast experience in front line policing. Um and I I fully trust that he is going to tackle the situation and my understanding is that you know, there was a good res- uh, policing response to the incident in Carrigaline, and that, that there has been development in relation to that. So um, I'm glad to see that as well, and, and the members on the ground will be glad to see that.
6: Your, your president, Frank Thornton, in a statement, makes the very clear point that they are entitled to work in a safe and well-resourced environment. At the moment, it's not safe.
7: No, I suppose it's not. But look, uh, when you sign up for the guards. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. you you have certain expectations that you're going into situations that most people wouldn't um, uh, however you do expect the, the full backing of, of care management um, in doing that job and you expect to be given you know the full resources to do that job yeah. and the proper equipment to do that job so like policing or you know nurses and A&E we all know that there's dangers associated with it, but you do expect to, to be given the proper resources mm-hmm. to do that job
6: as well. And I would take it that what you're saying is that the proper resources does not include having your backup 16 kilometres away.
7: Yeah, look, I suppose in relation to Carrigaline, Carrigaline probably has, if, if you look at statistics, Carigaline probably has one member to around, you know, between nine and 900 and 1,000 people to police to that number of people. Um, the general rule of thumb around the country would be one guard to every kind of uh, in the best divisions around 250 people yeah. in, the, in the worst divisions around 450 people. So Caroline
6: is double the, the 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 national ratio. Yeah. If you do know I, I, mean. I lived there for ten years, so I know the area well and I know the population. And the, the town is underserved.
7: It, it certainly is, but again I suppose you know Carrigaline is not unique Baron is in the same situation and there's other areas around the country that you know are, are in a similar position um I I suppose we have a difficulty in that um we have a protection post in in, in that district and um, that needs to be serviced and and if the, if a particular guard is, is on duty to service that protection post then you're taking a policing um, you're taking a policeman or woman out, of, out yeah. of a particular area, and you know, should that be filled by overtime or should it be filled by a specialist unit? It yeah. probably should. Uh, unfortunately, it's not. And look, it all comes down to resources.
6: PJ, yeah. Yeah. we don't have enough resources. We're probably short about 100 yards a hundred guards. Wow. Well, that's that's the headline. That's the headline figure that you're short at least a hundred. And of course, in the budget time, we're promised so many guards will be. Recruited, but it doesn't take account the number that retire every year. That's another problem.
7: It doesn't, and I, I like. I suppose you you know if it, when the commissioner would come out and he would announce figures and that. You always have, um, you know, he, I suppose the big one is is twenty one for twenty one and twenty one thousand members of um, the Garda um, staff, um, but a lot of those are are administration staff and. I'm always saying there's not much point in, in providing administration if you don't have the people on the ground to feed in to you know, provide those admin staff with work. And it's my belief that we need more guards on the ground and not more admin staff. Um, you know, like if, we're, if we're supposed to be protecting the public and, and providing a, you know, a community police um, policy, it's guards on the ground. It's not the people inside the offices we need. It's guards on the ground we need, and uh, we we have a whole problem in the in the commission of uh, for the future of policing in Ireland. Their report, you know, they they make recommendations which which are good uh, in in the best part, but uh, I suppose there's new systems being introduced into on Irish economy that are not being reviewed. You know, you have certain IT systems, and they themselves are taking guards off the ground. Um, you know, and the way we would in the GRA would be finding out that these systems you know, are not fit for purpose we're not being listened to. And
6: unfortunately, it's the public are suffering. Hmm. Padraig, thank you for being with us on the Opinion Line this morning and please convey our best wishes to those who were injured in the course of their duty at the weekend. Thanks. I will of course, PJ. Thanks very much.
2: Can we just talk the opinion line on Corks 96 FM with
3: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. C M I G dot ie.
2: It's the most talked about thing on your radio. Do you know the answer?
9: The Rag and Bone Man.
3: Rag and Bone Man. yes Yeah. 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 Lorraine's One Second Christmas Song on Cork's 96FM.
2: Play and win the music-guessing game that has all of Cork talking. Listen
3: to The Big Drive Home weekdays from 4. Identify the Christmas hit to win. Lorraine's One Second Christmas Song with Cork Rooftop Farm Shop on Corn Market Street. Your first choice for organic food and sustainable gifts and plants this Christmas.
2: Listen and win from 4 p.m. on Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
3: Text or WhatsApp now 083 396
2: 96 96 On Courts 96 FM Yeah, the
6: video going around Washington Street last night is uh, quite a scary one It looks as if, and I say looks as if a firework was thrown in the course of a confrontation between <clears throat> youngsters and and guards And then Saturday night if you look at more detail of what happened there was a gang drinking in the Onavui car park, there in the middle of Carrigaline, if you know where that is. And the guards arrived to try to peacefully disperse them. And in the course of doing that, they were resisted, as it were. And they tried to arrest one ringleader. And the guard who went to make the arrest, a crowd turned on her. Two of her colleagues, her two other female colleagues, came to her assistance, called for backup. The backup was 16 kilometres away. The youngsters knocked one of the guards to the ground, kicked, punched her, stole her baton, and then they managed to take back the person who'd been arrested, pulled them out of the patrol car. They were still, this individual was still handcuffed. It's all on video. You see them all running away, and then the assistants came, and the thing broke up, and Two of the guards were injured, females. One has bruising and the other has sprains. And that's the level of of, of thuggery that was there on Carrigaline on Saturday night. Local councillor Seamus McGrath. Seamus, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Some good of morning. the worst scenes I've seen out of Carrigaline in quite some time.
9: Yeah, look, absolutely. And obviously I completely condemn the incident on Saturday night. Um you know the scenes that I and others have been seeing in the last day or two were quite disgusting. And um, to see young people with that level of disrespect and disregard for the guardie, but also for themselves, uh, you know, and it's 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 very worrying. Um the guards, you know, as you say, there were three guardie attended the scene. They were just trying to instil some public order. Um they 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 approached it in 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 a correct manner. And uh, unfortunately, when they did try to. Um, apprehend one individual, the whole thing kicked off and, and you saw the scenes, it was quite chaotic it was a frightening experience for anyone to have to go through mm-hmm. um, and, and that behaviour is just totally and utterly unacceptable and look I, I, we'll get into it on short in a second but obviously those involved need to face consequences um, they need to face serious consequences and I know that is a, a topic people Raised when it comes to juveniles that they get a slap on the wrist etc mm. um, mm. and, and, and that's a fair point but certainly as a public representative I want to see consequences for this type of behaviour because there there's so much good going on in line there's so many yeah. community yeah. volunteers people doing their best for the area and f- to see an incident like this yeah. then just take away from all of that good so the thing is, uh, it can be very t-
6: shame as I left sorry. Carrigline I Moved out of Carrigline in 2004, um, but I still, of course, have very close connections to the place and a great love of the place. But yeah. but when I was living there, it was under-resourced regards the guidee. So that was 2004. Yeah. It hasn't gotten any better, and one has to ask, af- one has to ask, what local public reps are doing to try to encourage more guidee, m- more Gardaí, yeah, in the Mar- gar- Mar- yeah. to be deployed in the area.
9: Yeah, yeah. Look, PJ, that's that's a very fair point. And look, the issue of resources has been debated for a long time, and I completely accept that. But I think we do need to be honest about this debate as well. And like politicians do not run the police service, and and we have to be straight about that. You know, it is an independent service. The operational issues are dealt with by the commissioner and the senior guardee. And as as public representatives, you know, whether it's Michael McGrath, Simon Coveney or me, You know, we live in Carrigline. We have young families in Carrigline. We want the best possible police service for the area. We want it to be a safe community. We represent the community. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not that easy for us to just suddenly knock on the commissioner's door and say we want 10 extra guards in Carrigline. You know, that simply isn't how it works. We have been.
6: No, but how often would the situation be reported to the commissioner's office or to the office of the Minister for Justice? Uh, Would it be repeatedly reported we are short, we are short, we are short? We've been short since 2003, we've been short since 2004. 100%
9: 100% and like I and Michael and others have been constantly raising the issue, issue through the Joint Policing Committee which takes place in County Hall where you have the Chief Superintendents present um, through the Assistant Commissioner's Office and, and, and through the Minister of Justice but again it is the Garda Commissioner who, who yeah. decides on the allocation of resources because
6: actually. you know what always gets said Seamus and I don't know whether it's just folklore or not but it's very hard to say that it's wrong if this was a suburb of Dublin, we wouldn't be having this conversation because there'd be enough guards there.
9: Yeah, look, I mean, I, I take all those points, but look, let's be honest, I mean, Dublin has plenty of crime too, and we all see that, and, you know, there there is a strong police service in Dublin being the capital, but it has very, very serious levels of crime. Uh, we have issues in Carrigaline, we have issues in other suburbs, and I think it's a fair point, and I completely accept that that the city suburbs of Cork do not have the resources they need. It's a simple fact, and that is something that we are trying to get across Mm. to those who make the decisions in terms of the allocations. What What politicians can do at a national level is try to increase the overall level of Gardaí, and that has happened, and that is happening. Templemore is recruiting. They're going through every number of months, and obviously we have to ensure that Cork gets a fair share of them when they come out. Um, But... You know, civilianisation of the Garda service is another important thing because I think there's two points here. There's the overall numbers of Garda serving an area, but there's also the extent to which they can get out on the ground, the extent to which they can be visible on the ground. And very often, and I hear this directly from Garda themselves, they find themselves behind a the desk, they find themselves doing paperwork, they find themselves in court appearances.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
9: think there, is un- there are underlying issues there that need to be addressed in terms of Garda operations as well. I mean, I speak to guards and they tell me if they arrest a drunk driver at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, their, their night is effectively gone. You know, that's the reality of the yeah, situation. Yeah. By the time they process that individual, they're, they're, they're removed from the street. So yeah. we, we do need to look at the overall numbers and the allocation, Absolutely. But we also need to look at the operation and and freeing up Garda time and getting him out on the street. And civilianisation does have a role to play in that, mm. uh, where Garda have backup yeah. in terms of the paperwork and the office work.
6: Do you know the one thing that, that concerns me most coming into the weekend and coming into festivities like Stephen's Night and festivities like New Year's Eve with pubs closed at 8 o'clock and all of that? This could happen again, and I would not like, for example, to be taking my dog for a walk down the streets of Carrigaline on Stephen's night or New Year's Eve with this carry-on going on?
9: Yeah, of course. And I I do go out in Carrigaline at night and I do walk the streets of of Carrigaline. And, um, you know, by and large, thankfully, it is a safe place, but we do have issues with a particular cohort of young people. Again, it's a small fraction of the young people in Carrigaline, a very small fraction, but we do have a cohort of probably 14 to 17, 18-year-olds who 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 are causing difficulties? This incident didn't just come from nowhere. To be and there's the a thing, James. Is
6: people know who they are. Do you know, they know who they are. They know who their parents yeah, are. Yeah. I mean, and, and, we and wouldn't and name people, obviously, but I'm sure off the air, you and I could probably share a few names, and we would know exactly who's going on there.
9: Uh, yes, of course, and uh, like I was just making the point, this incident didn't come from nowhere. There, there have been issues festering. I mean, there has been examples of criminal damage, to, like sort of parklet area and benches being damaged, the public toilet in the community park being damaged, you know, fires being let in the community park. So there, there have been issues, and uh, this, this, this this didn't, this what happened the weekend didn't just arrive, and you know, kind of. Uh, There's a a gang. There's a small
6: gang of teenage thugs have been have been on the rampage in Carrigaline for quite a while now. I'll put it in those words. You may not do it, but I will.
9: You know, no. Look, I, I I agree with that, and um, like there have been a number of serious incidents in the past, and I have to say the Gardaí have had success in bringing people before the courts and so on, like that, and um, and that's critically important. I think when when serious incidents like this happen, when incidents of this nature that that you know get aired on the media and so on, like that, I think people want to see consequences, and. Um, I, I did speak with senior garden management yesterday. Um, I have been given assurances that this matter is being treated extremely seriously and they are quite confident that there will be a number of arrests and people will be brought before the courts. What happens to them when they go before the courts is yeah. another issue. It is. Uh, and I know that's that's the concern people have that they'll get a little bit of a slap in the wrist.
6: Mm, because they're youngsters and there's very little else they can get. Listen, I'll leave it there, Seamus, and to you and your family, uh, have a good Christmas. That's uh, Councillor Seamus McGrath, of Faw, a local councillor in the Carrigaline area. John O'Donovan says it's all about politics he says the Taoiseach is here in Cork and yet we don't have enough Gardaí. Now Paddy de Carrington, the GRA rep made the point in the course of his interview with me, he mentioned that they have a, a protection station. That protection station is the Taoiseach's House is protected. And I think, I'm not sure if Simon Coveney's house has a Garda protection, but I know the Taoiseach's house has gather protection. And that does, even though the Taoiseach is entitled to it, he is entitled to it. Let's not get into that argument for a second. The Taoiseach is entitled to protection of his house, but it does take from existing resources. That's the problem. No one's got a, no one's got an issue with the Taoiseach being protected and his house and his family being looked after. But. When it takes from existing resources, we have have a problem. Bernie says we need more guards, but we can't keep blaming the guards and asking the public reps what they're doing about it. The root of the problem is the parenting. That's what needs to be looked at, Kate. they should have tasers on their belts. Now, let's sort them out. It's a minority of people who I believe are all known to the guards. You're not wrong, Kate. You're not wrong. Like I said, uh, Seamus and I could share names off the air and we wouldn't be surprised at them. PJ, how come we pay our politicians exorbitant amounts of money and we can't adequately recruit and properly arm our guardie? Only in Ireland, says Craig. Mammy and Daddy should be fined for the actions of Johnny and Mary. Parents are to blame, says that unsigned message. I know they'll never allow the guards here to carry guns... God, I hope not. But surely it's time for them to have tasers, says a WhatsApp message. WhatsApp, someone's daughter kicked another person's daughter while on the ground. Little Johnny gets pepper sprayed, or a box, that they deserve from the guy. Then there's a lawsuit. These kids have no idea how easy they have it, and they won't listen to the rubbish that they have nowhere to go. And you know, and I probably shouldn't say this, and I'm probably going to get myself into trouble for saying it. To me, this is just, to me, PJ, individual. The fact that it was three female guards surrounded like that and two of them beaten up on the ground like that, to me, to me, makes it worse. I'm sorry it does. I grew up to have respect for women and no matter how how angry you got, how frustrated you got, you never raised your hand. You never lashed out to a woman. You certainly didn't throw her on the ground and start kicking and punching her on a Saturday night. Anyway, breathe, Peach, breathe, breathe. Christmas Day is three days away. Last year, we made valiant efforts to get a party organised, adhering to all kinds of public health measures. We tried to organise a party on Little Hanover Street for Christmas Day for the Penny Dinners, and sadly um, it just fell apart in the end because of public health restrictions. We had everything lined up. It was going to be a great day. But unfortunately, public health being public health, we were advised, or Katrina Toomey was advised, that it, it shouldn't go ahead, and it didn't. But another Christmas, another Christmas Day coming, and you will have people to feed on Christmas Day. Katrina, how are you going to do it? Good morning. Good
10: morning, PJ. Well, it'll be the same as last year. And um, because of the COVID again, and it'll just have to continue to be the same for a while. But especially on Christmas Day, we would have loved to open and to do, you know, to welcome everybody and, and give them someplace nice. But the thing is, with COVID, we can't. So we have to be realistic. We have to protect everybody that comes to us. They have to protect each other and we have to protect ourselves so that we can stay open. So it's that's just the way it is. So we'll do exactly what we did last year. We'll have our Santa Claus coming in from, say, Kin Station via the Polar Express, okay. the very famous Polar Express, and we'll have um, we'll have the High Hope Square and Hank Whedell they'll perform outside penny dinners on the footpath, you know, like they did last year. Yeah. So that when people are coming, we have the Christmas music, we have the bit of fun, the bit of, you know, the, it's lively, like, for them, yeah. so that they're... It's not miserable, like, so we're making that effort to, to mm. liven it all up. We're going to put our Christmas tree out in the street. Good, good. Do you know? And about Santa how many will people there? will
6: you cater for, Katrina?
10: We'll cater for a lot on Christmas Day, but those that can come to us, as is always every year, Michael Turtle will be there. He's with exec um, cars and Michael brings in kind of his drivers. They give up their time, plus a load of other people that just come in for that morning and they've been doing it kind of regularly. They know what to do. And because um, I'd only get that phone call a couple of weeks before Christmas and Katrina, I, I'd be around on Christmas Day. What they do then is they'll take the dinners to people that need them because you can't have one or two drivers like driving around because the dinners will be ice cold PJ so the dinners are hot and taken to a, a home ASAP so that it's they can have it hot and you know and stuff like that so that'll go on throughout the morning and throughout the afternoon and then in the evening time night time when um, we're going to go around and when the lads are going to go around lavish are going to take care of the night time for us on Washington Street just so that nobody's sitting around Hopefully everybody will will be indoors but just in case and there's always somebody just in case somebody's outside um we'll we'll go around to to check on anyone that's rough sleeping and we'll have some half food not to leave them on their own so kind of the whole day is sorted and we have gifts for everybody and and then the hampers for the families you know where we're we're on these you know really um there's so many hampers like to be given out like that people think we're not going to get to them but look we are going to get to everybody yeah. do you know it, yeah. people are worried like that we won't get there and they keep bringing and saying you know but it's Chris we said we give them out Christmas week yeah. and that's what we do so that there will be enough they'd have enough Fabulous. in their homes to get them over Christmas and this is Christmas week and this yeah. is what we're doing so we would just say to people don't panic we will get there good and you always do
6: Katrina the the people who use your service the the regulars as it were, you know, some people who live in very questionable circumstances, shall we say, what opportunity do you know have they had to be vaccinated?
10: Oh, that that scheme has been rolled out well for them. They all know what to do and um, they, they had that done and We drove some people for to be vaccinated and Simon did quite a lot of it because, you know, they have a nurse down there and she's on top of everything down there. Like, you know, so they would have had all that. That was all done. They haven't missed that
6: opportunity like because of their circumstances. No, no,
10: no, they definitely wouldn't miss that. But what they would, what they would miss is some place to kind of to use the bathroom, some place to throw a drop of water on their face or something, you know, stuff like that. Because a lot of bathrooms aren't open, you know, we're, we're not, we haven't been regular, like, since this COVID thing hit, yeah. and they would have missed that, and now they're going to miss it again, like, they're going to be isolated on the streets at night, because it'll be totally yeah. shut down, you know, yeah. except for the, for the takeaways, and again, like, a lot of the, the, most of the takeaways don't have toilets, so that's kind of what, what they'll probably feel the most, as well as the, yeah. the the cold, the rain—you know—the things we stuff. take
6: most for granted, Katrina. Yeah,
10: yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, you you know yourself, like that. After your dinner, you can chill out. You can watch TV. You can play a game. You know, you can do mm. stuff like that. Mm. They don't have that, like you know. And and again, for them, it's kind of bittersweet. You know, they will be looked after, but then there's if they're not in anywhere, that's tough. It really is very, very, very mm. tough and it's hard, and especially to take you back, like, the, like no room at the inn, like, on yeah. Christmas night. You and know, there's a the thing,
6: thing. The, the question, what we're always told, and any time the question is put to, that there's a bed for everybody who wants one.
10: That's that true? Well, you know, they always say there is, and I would imagine that there is but for some reason some people won't go in. Yeah. You, actually, what, we've, we've what, talked about it before know,
6: Katrina. sorry to cut across you, made a very good point. Like there are those who won't go, won't go in. And you're at you're at this yeah. long enough now and I, I always ask myself the question, try to understand why would you not if there's a warm bed available for the night? Why would you choose a cold wet doorway or worse over a warm bed? Have you any insights as to why that Happens, Katrina.
10: You know they, they'll give you reasons, all right. You know, you know they will, and 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 stuff like. But I would just imagine they have so people have so many issues going on. You know, there's there's mental health, there's pain, just pain in a person's head, pain in a person's body, like, and for some reason they kind of just want to maybe roll up in a ball, be alone, not be with, or part of, yeah. anything like that. Because do you know what? It must be a drastic, hard decision to make that out of the true. bed. And if it annoys, alright, or either the street, you know. Yeah. So obviously something is happening to that person, and I put it all down to the person's Trauma. pain, whatever Trauma. that may be.
6: All oh, oh, we must ever, oh, we must only ever try to imagine ourselves in that circumstance and hope we never end up there. Uh, Katrina, uh, thank you, thank yeah. you, thank you, and your team for all that you do. And try and get yourself a couple of hours off off Christmas over Christmas to sit down and relax, <laughs> will you? You're always on it'll, the it'll
10: go. Be a, It'll be after Christmas. I tell you, Joe's waiting for me outside to get my hair done. I'll, be, I'll still look the same on <laughs> <at> Christmas.
6: <laughs> ah, Katrina, look after you so darling. Take care and happy Christmas. We will.
10: Thanks BJ. Cheers, Thanks Bob. to Can we do anything for you? you? Is there anything you need? You know, we're, we're all right. There's always a few chocolates and biscuits, you know, because it's Christmas and we just want to make sure we've enough for them to give to everybody. No. People are just phenomenally good to us and the lads in the warehouse are working round the clock and People are coming in like Abtran, the schools, you know, they've been in to help out and the beavers and and all of that. So it's kind of very ongoing and it's a huge operation, but there's always room for just those boxes of chocolates and sweets, you know, just to make it Christmassy. Great. All right,
6: Katrina. You mind yourself and take care. That's Katrina Toomey from Cork Penny Dinners. And yet
10: another year
6: has gone by and she has not been granted the freedom of her city. Come on, Lord Mayor. One of these days, please. 1850-715-996. 1850 715 Reminded to you, over the festive period, you can check out exclusive Premier League games live on 96fm.ie and on the Corks 96fm app. The Premier League Live brought to you by Now. Stream live Premier League action with a Now Sports or Sports Extra membership. Your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most with Now. And check out the app basically any day the Premier League is in action. Open the app and the commentaries will be there. Brought to you by TalkSport. 1850 715
2: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With
3: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See MIG.ie. Fully focused, what do you
2: mean? Got my eyes
8: on a prize, that's me. Manchester City are the champions. Number one, that's up for
2: the
6: league. The
9: best football league in the world is right here. Firmino with the flick,
6: Salah! Fernandez, he's going to go for goal. Oh, what a goal. The Premier League Live, powered by Top Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively online
2: at 96fm.ie.
3: Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre match analysis, live commentary, and in depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Yeah, up
8: the Premier League live
3: with now your sport on your terms stream only the games that matter to you most with now
6: listen every Saturday exclusively online at 96fm.ie or download the Cork's 96fm app Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your
1: heart
0: Yay. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight.
6: That can only be Emma Sophia.
11: Yourself
6: Remember okay, Emma Sophia? Before us met her here in the opinion I line, during the first lockdown, I'd say, or maybe even before us. It. It's her Christmas Release Mary, how are you doing? Hi PJ, how are
1: you? Doing?
6: Good, good, good. Do you know what? She's coming on. Hello, are you there? Emma Sophia, are you yeah. there? Hello. Hi PJ. Hi girl, how are you?
1: How Hi, old are you how now, are you PJ?
6: How are you now? How old are you I'm now?
1: Sorry for Christmas.
6: Happy Christmas yourself. You're, you're one. That's, that's a lovely new video that you've just released. We we kind of discovered Emma Sophia. Mary, was it during the first lockdown we, 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 we
1: first talked, you and I? Yes, that's right. During the first lockdown, we put up a video of her um, singing Ireland's Call and uh, she was only three at the time and she had a little message for everybody in Ireland to wash their hands and that we can do it together we can we're all in this together so um that's uh, yeah you spotted that and um then we started the Emma Sophia show and started uploading videos and she, then there was Danny Boy in March and that's right. um it's been going up and up since then so
6: fantastic a huge following yeah. now huge following
1: yeah, yeah, she's got like sixteen thousand followers on Facebook and five thousand subscribers on YouTube and <laughs> millions of views. It's amazing in the space of a year, really. Yeah,
6: and but she's uh, only, <laughs> she, and she and you're only five, Emma Sophia. Yeah. So, m- m- "Merry Little Christmas" is a lovely song, and you have a lovely video with it.
1: Yeah, um, we we recorded the song um, at. In at, in the music room at home, and then we just went around Cork making the video, and um, yeah, we're delighted with how it turned out. Cork looks absolutely fantastic this Christmas. It's so festive, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And actually, she's she's going to feature um, on New Year or Christmas Eve on RCE Two on a show called a Kids Country Christmas. So um, they. The, the crew were over with us in Kinsale and they were filming all around Kinsale and in our house and everything. So she'll be performing on that as well. That's oh. going to be at um, 3.35 on Christmas Eve.
6: Okay. Yeah. Emma, are you there? Is she there? Yeah. You're looking forward to being on the telly on Christmas Eve? You all excited?
1: Yeah, I'm super excited.
6: Yeah. Tell me about singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Tell me all about it.
1: It was very fun because I was in the playground doing it, singing by the tree, and it was very sparkly, the tree, and I loved being there.
6: Good. Is Santa going to come to you on Friday night, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And what's he going to bring you? A
1: magic mixie.
6: A magic what? What does that do? A magic
1: mixie.
6: What does that do?
1: It's a little... It's a cauldron and you use the potions that it comes with, and there's a wand with it and the basically the magic mix is just a teddy that you make with this
6: ah brilliant, brilliant, and you're looking forward to Christmas day with the family and everything.
1: yeah, yeah. I'm very
0: excited, of
6: course you are, and you're so you're so talented and and it's like I remember when you you, you and me talked first. You were just starting out and now there you are with your Christmas <laughs> single. You must be very proud, aren't you? Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm very proud of myself.
6: <laughs> Good sense so you should be. You know you're not lacking in confidence, Mary, eh? Ah, <laughs> uh,
1: she's great. We're proud of her. <laughs>
6: brilliant, brilliant. Well, we we're, we're, we're so delighted that we reached out and made that First call uh, back at the yes,
1: first absolutely. lockdown
6: and, and it's lovely to see. And it's lovely. It's this really sweet little version of having yourself married at okay. Christmas. So Christmas Eve, what time is that show on?
1: Uh, it's at 3.35 on RTE2 on Christmas Eve with a repeat on St. Stephen's Day at 10 to 11 in the morning. So. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Just, Mary, <laughs> thank
6: you. Uh, Emma Sophia, thank you. Happy Christmas. And thank you for a lovely, lovely Christmas record. 1850 She's just great. She's just such a sweet little thing. And she makes sweet music. And isn't it great to have it? Isn't it fantastic to have a Christmas week? And we started... Getting these again. Listen, they were coming in before we are even on the air. We did them yesterday and we had hundreds of messages. And we've had dozens and dozens again since 9 o'clock this morning. We're going to keep it going right through the morning. Our, Our wonderful friends at Super Value are trying to share the magic this Christmas. And they've given us hampers, beautiful hampers full of the best of stuff, worth 75 quid each, and we're giving away one an hour today. We gave away two yesterday and one an hour today, and we get them out to the deserving recipients tomorrow with the street fleet. But it is about the gift of giving, so it's not about you winning something for yourself. It's about you winning the chance to give one of these hampers to somebody else. The gift of giving and kindness at Christmas. Who do I have? I have no idea now because there's so many here. Michelle. Hi PJ, how are you? I'm great all together. Happy Christmas to you.
5: And the same to you.
6: Who would you like to get a hamper for?
5: I'm nominating uh, Aoife Collins and Laura O'Leary. They're two 10-year-old girls who during lockdown, they were looking for something to do and they decided to make braids and then they decided to make um, uh, bookmarks and things like that and they went around their estate selling them. So they made money and they went away then and they made hampers and they brought them into the Formoy St Patrick's Hospital for the elderly. Wow. So then they decided they would want to do something around Christmas and they decided to do a food drive. So they with the help of Kilworth Celtic as the two girls play for Kilworth Celtic Girls soccer team and with the help of the club and all the teams they made a a collection, and they got a load of food together. So they got it all together, and they've gave some to our elderly here in the local community and some to Fermoy Resource Centre, and the rest then went to St. Vincent de Paul. They've actually just dropped them off this morning.
6: Fantastic. Fantastic. And they're 10 years of age.
5: 10 years of age, yeah, the two of them. They're two good friends. Yeah. So, yeah.
6: Do you, do you, I mean are they related to you do you know them oh,
5: one of them is yeah one of them is my daughter Laura oh. O'Leary's my daughter and her best friend Eva Collins yeah. and Eva kind of started the idea really and the two of them joined together then and they got together and did all this
6: You're proud mammy They're Very
5: good Yeah very proud mammy and her mom Lorna as well Eva's mom Lorna and she did a lot of it too and we helped with the two of them
6: All right All right well you are chosen or they are chosen this hour to receive our hamper and to so go thanks. to them and their families for Christmas because they've been wonderful in their community over the time of lockdown and heading up to to Christmas and including Christmas like you say they're still doing nice things with Vincent de Paul and yep. other such morning. Yeah. Michelle, happy Christmas to you and the to the family to, and thanks very much and I'll, I'll put you back on there to, to, uh, to Fiona and to Bailey and we can sort a few more things out and we'll get those hampers out tomorrow so if you want to win a hamper for somebody else, not for you. For somebody, else. When we to win a hamper for somebody today. Then you can call, call us at eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six, or text WhatsApp away three three ninety six ninety six ninety six, or email us opinion at ninety six fm dot ie. And we have two more, one in the next hour, and one in our last hour today. And if you're not a lucky winner, then you can check these hampers out at your local SuperValu. They are gorgeous. They are just full of the best of stuff. With regard to Katrina of Cork Penny Dinners, she's one outstanding woman. The service they provide is life-changing. I've been very fortunate to be one of the 10k toy giveaway winners and I felt it was a priority to help Katrina out with some toys from the gift card. Oh, that's brilliant of you. I'll be thinking of those less fortunate families who are struggling, especially at Christmas. I'm certain there'll be a magical atmosphere on Little Hanover Street on Christmas Day. I'm certain there will. Just regards regards Carrigaline, someone said that with regard to PJ's comment, pubs open or closed have nothing to do with this. Those teenagers at this crack in Carrig were not going to be in pubs. No, you're right. You're right. Um, but I, I was just making the point that the, having the pubs closed early on Stephens' night and on New Year's Eve, it, it just, it means the streets themselves will be quieter. So there won't be that many adults out so they'll have an opportunity to wreak havoc if they want to. That, I think, is more along the lines of what I was saying. But you're right, of course. You can have as many Gardaí as needed. But until there's consequences for their action, it will never change. Yep. And finding the parents has been talked about. And the fact that they're 15 and they're 16, they're juvies. There's not a whole pile that's going to happen to them. Even if they are brought into court. And there's one lad in custody now, so we won't send them. But even if they do end up in court. There's nothing you can do with them. They're juvies. Simple as that. Uh, Parents need to be held accountable for the actions of their children, says another WhatsApp message. And look, we were reading out stuff about trouble in Carrigaline and trouble other places this time last year. And sadly, sadly, I think we'll be doing it this time next year as well. Because uh, as much as things change, things tend to stay the same. Can we mention the, we had the core gal Christmas Carol Concert featured on the program last week. It's the White Church Carol Service. They had over 3,500 people logged in to the service. Now that then is a statistic that multiplies. So they reckon about 14,000 people watched the stream. And they had viewers in America, in Britain, in Bahrain, in Germany, in France, in Canada, in Italy, in Balancholic, in Toker, you name it. So far, for the Cork Mental Health Foundation and Housing Association, they have raised over €3,500, and they're not done yet. If you want to go to idonate.ie forward slash coregal, you can give a donation.
2: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group.
3: Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie.
2: The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk?
3: Call 1850-715-996.
2: Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696.
3: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
2: The Opinion mine with PJ Coogan
3: on Cork's 96FM.
6: Yeah, we've had a busy year here on the programme. Uh, we'll be finishing up Christmas Eve, special festive edition Christmas Eve with lots of guests and lots of music and lots of crack. But next week then, between Christmas and New Year, we're looking back at some of the best bits of the year gone by Uh, join me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday Friday between 11 and 12 for Rewind 21 looking back at the best bits of 2021 the best guests, the most memorable interviews the time we had a laugh, the stuff you might well have forgotten and then we're back live on the 6th of January uh, only on Corks 96 FM we are taking a little break, don't worry we've been doing all this, it's all on tape over the Christmas, (laughs) getting a break God, me work getting right up? Joke. But we will be here in rewind form between Christmas and the New Year. Speaking of Christmas Eve, we have a fabulous lineup of people. We'll be talking to both Patrick O'Sullivan and Caroline Bailey from Last Singer Standing, and catching up again with Stefan Doyle. From the Romanian X Factor There might even be a bit of music involved from some of those people Catching up with the Taoiseach see how he'll be spending Christmas And Adam King Adam King will be joining me for Christmas Eve That and plenty more besides Between 9 and 12 on the 24th of December 1850-715-996 But before that Let us look at some of the beautiful Christmas traditions that we I know certainly as a young fella when I grew up there were traditions that my parents passed on to me and that I tried to pass on to mine and my kids love Christmas as much as we did and I, th- I think that's the best gift at Christmas you can give your kids is teach them to love it and teach them traditions and teach them little simple things that that they will take to their children when they have their own children in, in later life, uh, Laura Erskine from Baby Dot Club. Hi, Laura.
12: Hello. Good it, morning.
6: And happy Christmas. It, it is one of those wonderful things you can pass on to your children. It, ca- it costs you nothing. You teach them traditions of Christmas.
12: Absolutely. And, and actually passing those traditions down is the stuff that, that children really remember about their Christmases. It's doing the same thing every year together with their family.
6: Yeah. What kind of things in particular stand out, do you think?
12: Oh, well, for us. Apologies. My dog has okay. decided to start barking while, we're, right. on, while we're on the line. Um, he's waiting for his, his doggy daycare is picking him up uh, today so that I can go and do some of my get get prepared for my Christmas day with my family. Um, but yes, I mean, just like routines, family traditions actually provide that predictability and a sense of security and safety Um, and they help children to feel as though they belong and they create happier families ultimately and that's usually because like you pointed out there PJ, they're usually quite family specific, they're handed down from generations um, or even by bringing families of different backgrounds together and then you create your own blended twist on an old tradition Mm. Um, when we actually establish a family tradition we do so with the intention to create a special moment and yeah. give our family values meaning and um, with a, a living a shared experience, really, um, and of course to build those memories. So, you know, I, I'm working with Baby Boo at the moment, um the Cork-based um organic children's clothing company, and they've come up together with um with a lot of, of traditions that the families can actually start this year if they ha- if they're not already doing them. And just to remind some of your listeners of what some of those might be, I mean, tree decoration, we all love of decorating yeah. the tree but buying a new Christmas tree decoration for each child um, each year or making it mm-hmm. is actually something really quite special and putting their name on it so that they know that that's the year that they got that tree Put adding the, the year that they got it on it putting their yeah. name on it and then being able to take it off the tree at the end and put it into their, their memory box after Christmas is over in January and then pulling it out the following year yeah. and sort of saying oh I remember this when we made this when I I was in, you know, senior infants or we coloured this together at the kitchen table last year or I picked this out in the Christmas shop with mummy. And it is creating those memories. And then hopefully they'll have those Christmas tree decorations then when actually when when they go on to to have their own families, almost like you're starting their bottom drawer already. Yeah. then the matching PJs I know I was chatting there to your producer before we came on and this was the first year she got the matching PJs but doing the matching PJs is a very cute family tradition Uh, it's only come into vogue in the last few years but don't forget to take your photo and make sure you position yourselves all on the couch or beside the tree or the fire and get the family photo in and try and and either make a sign with you know with your your colouring pencils and and crayons um, as to what year here it is, and then collect those Christmas tr- those Christmas photos yeah. year in year out. Yeah, we, we um, have the Santa out, photo
6: course. is a big thing too. Of course, Santa's grottos are a bit limited the last couple of years, but Santa photos are a really big part of Christmas
12: they absolutely are and and actually remembering because when we visit a grotto often we get a chance to take that photo away with us and so we ha- we keep it for posterity and in the digital age now we're taking all of these photos on our phones and we're not printing them out and um, and unfortunately sometimes then they, they disappear through the passage of time so it is important to, um, to print them out and and to put them away into your Christmas memory box and creating those Christmas memory boxes actually with your children whether it's an old shoe box or whether you, you, you buy a special box with, um, and decorate it, put their name on it so that they can put all of their keepsakes from each Christmas that is personal to them actually is yeah. quite lovely and and Baby Boo actually um, this year they, they came up with the idea of a Christmas Eve box so in mm-hmm. that you put your matching Christmas PJs you get your special Christmas tree decoration with the year um, put on it you get a personalised Santa letter and it's not too late to order one now no. for anybody who's living listening. Um, but it is lovely to be able to, to put all of those things back into a, a special box for them um, year in, year out. And in our family here, what we do is when we're decorating the tree, we actually, we put the uh, the star on the top and some people might have an angel, but actually what we do is we pass that star or angel around each member of the family and we make a wish before we the youngest member of the family then puts it on the top of the mm. tree, which is a nice tradition. And I'm sure there are some people making their Christmas cakes and their Christmas puddings um, this week, and um, and actually making a wish again with the wooden spoon, passing it to every mm-hmm. member of the family, giving it a big stir uh, before while you're in the process of baking it and mm. making a wish for a, for a happy and peaceful Christmas, or maybe it's a special wish for Santa, um, and, and that's that's also a nice tradition that that can be passed down.
6: Well, I'll give you one that started in in our house, uh, Laura yeah. and. Um we we we're we're Christmas mad. Our my house is at the moment. My house is like the toy show. And uh, the last time I looked, <laughs> the last time I looked, my wife has about forty nutcrackers, right? Incu- oh my goodness! <coughs> including one that's four foot tall, and they're all over the house. Okay, but we have an old tradition that we started when the kids were very very small. We decided they had a, they had a little playroom, so we put up a teddy bear tree. We just got a ordinary artificial tree, and we got little teddy bear decorations. And that started when they were maybe four or five. And my kids are in their 20s now. And we still have the teddy bear tree every single year. We wouldn't Aww. have the house without it. So that's a tradition. And that's that you can the start thing it wouldn't yourself. be
12: Christmas in your house without it.
6: No. No, we have our own main Christmas tree, and then we have the teddy bear tree. Um, but but yeah, it's
12: <laughs> and that's something they'll probably do with their own children because it's so special to them.
6: Yeah, well, I actually visited where my, my my daughter's apartment there last Christ last week, and sure enough, there's teddy bears hanging up around the place.
12: Uh, Very cute. And these are the traditions that make Christmas special and unique to your own family. And some some families also like to do something charitable. And so giving something back to charity or a cause close to your heart and before they receive um, the gifts at Christmas time. And there are some lovely things that you can do, whether it's, you know, buying an animal on Boher uh, for, for a, a family in the developing world or uh, some chickens it could be a goat that's really going to serve that family for the whole rest of, of, of the following year um, or something a bit closer to home um, Baby Boo actually have a, a, a bandana bib that's five euro and the proceeds go to Bumbleance the lovely charity Brilliant that have the um, the special yeah. ambulance that bring children to and from hospice and hospitals um, uh, and then there's there's obviously there's the hospices like Laura Lynn here up in Dublin um, and other um, places around the the country that do great work with children. Um, We all know that um, Barnardo's do great work too and they all have have special um, charity initiatives going on at Christmas, you know, that allow people to to get involved. The Gold Mile is another one that you can walk with your family on Christmas Day and sign up to do so and and almost sponsor sponsor yourselves or, or get other family members to sponsor. Answer you for the day, so it is nice to do something where you're you're giving back as as well as receiving on at Christmas time.
6: All right, so I think is the dog, is the dog gone seems to have been dragged away there. Is
12: Sorry, apologies. No, you're all right. Yes, nice. I, I love. You I have know a what? COVID puppy. He's what? a golden retriever He's ah, now, brilliant. fifteen months, but he he requires a lot of exercise, yeah. and so once a week, every Wednesday, he goes to doggy daycare, yeah. um, and uh, the full day I get to to be able to do some work and catch up yeah. on all the household stuff. I tell you it's like having another child having a dog well uh, well, you know
6: what there were times there when I've done stuff at home broadcast from home or recorded stuff at home in my home studio (laughs) and you'll occasionally hear the bark of a dog in the background so I know exactly what it's all about Laura listen a happy Christmas to you and all your team
12: Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And And to you.
6: And we'll talk in 2022. Laura Erskine from Baby Doc Club, 185715996. Christmas Eve was always the the thing. I think I got it from my dad. In fact, I'm almost certain I got it from my dad. This love I have of, of Christmas Eve. And I'll share a bit more of it with you on Christmas Eve itself. But... There's a, there's a silence that descends at Christmas Eve at a certain time of the evening and the whole place just goes completely quiet because the shops have closed, the, the fanfares are over, the, the, the craziness has stopped and for just an hour or two on Christmas Eve there's a peace that descends and that's precious, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, I, I'm almost certain I got that from my dad. 1850-715-996
13: Can we
2: just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM With
3: McCarthy Insurance Group Call in person or call them now They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk C-M-I-G dot We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Quarks 96 FM. Happy holidays. With your local Mace, going the extra smile to make your Christmas special. You guys
2: ready? Watch out, watch out. Drive Home, weekdays from four
3: on Cork's 96FM. Hey, it's Lorraine. I'm here with you every evening helping you to get into the festive spirit with loads of your favourite Christmas songs. There's also a chance for you to win a smart speaker on the takeover. All you've got to do is choose the tunes and I'll be taking your guesses on the one second song because as Breed says, you've got to be on 96FM at least once. So make sure to join me weekdays from four.
2: The Big Drive Home with
3: AIB, proud supporter of the Goldmine. You can help them at GoMile.org. AIB, we pledge to do more.
2: On Corks 96 FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
3: Call us now, 1850-715-996.
2: On Corks 96 FM.
6: Yeah, there's a thing, actually. Tomorrow... Uh, If you have a particular favourite Christmas tradition that you hold dear, maybe one that you got from your parents when you were very small, no matter what it was, be it the identical Christmas PJs or be it putting the star on the tree or be it making special decorations that always go in the same place on the tree, whatever it might be, let us know what they are. And <clears throat> we'll we'll chat about that tomorrow, and maybe again on on Christmas Eve. Also, we have another one of our hampers to give out this hour from Super Value, who are sharing the magic this Christmas. Uh, They've hampers worth seventy five euro to give away on the program today. Two today, one one this hour, one next hour. We've already gave away one this morning and two yesterday, and it's the gift of giving. So this isn't for you. This is for someone that you consider deserving of a wonderful hamper from Super Value. Tell us who they are, tell us why you think they deserve a treat this Christmas and we'll do the rest and we we'll pick someone and be prepared to come on and tell us about them too and then we will pick one again around about 5 to 11 that way and if you're not a lucky winner of course you can check the hamper's out at your local super value but 083 396 96 96 the best way to get the messages to us. Now Dr. Mary McCreary we're not going to go through the top three of what the mood foods are because I want people to guess what the top ones are But I'm joined by Dr. Mary McCreary, who's a dietician and nutritionist, to talk about mood food and the things that people eat to enhance their state of mind. There is such a thing as mood food. Mary, good morning to you.
14: Good morning, and how are you?
6: I'm very well, and happy Christmas to you.
14: And the same to you, too.
6: We all know, I think, that when we sit down to maybe call it comfort eat, there are things we reach for, or when you feel you need a burst in the day and a spring in your step, there are other things you reach for. And it's not just coincidence. There's research out to show that food affects how we feel.
14: That's exactly true. And yakod um, have done a lot of research into the connection between the gut brain access. And the point of this research really is to raise awareness of the impact that food can have on our mood due to the gut-brain axis. Now, 90% of the Irish population actually use food uh, to raise their mood. And as you were saying there, you're going to see if you can get people to guess what they actually are. And I'd be curious to know what what, what those are. Um, But the fact that it's actually now scientifically proven that basically um, when we eat certain foods, it can raise our serotonin level, uh, which is our happiness or our feel-good hormones that influence both the mood and emotions eating. Now, I'd probably put comfort eating in a little bit of a different category, right. but certainly um, a lots of different foods can affect Um, affect the production of these neurotransmitters um, which would actually make us feel good so you know it's not not, it's where we all probably would have been unconsciously
6: aware that's not the best connection in the world we'll keep going with it though Mary that connection is breaking up a small bit what I was about to what I was about to ask was is is it a chemical reaction as such
14: yes it is yes um, it is actually a chemical reaction in that um the the gut microbiota will actually produce it's believed that 90% of our serotonin in the body is produced within the gut um so the actual eating of these foods is actually going to trigger the production of these neurotransmitters which are our happiness or feel good hormones but we also have in in certain um protein foods, we have certain amino acids. Now, this is getting a little bit technical, mm. but we can have certain amino acids um, that are in some of our foods as well that can actually uh, produce these neurotransmitters or cause the production of these neurotransmitters, which also make us feel good as well.
6: There's something I was going to ask you there because I've discovered over the last number of years, I've been getting up at ridiculous hour of the morning for the last 30 years now, but I've discovered yeah. that... If I can't actually get my hands on two boiled eggs in the morning before I come out of the house, I don't feel right. Is there something going on there?
14: No, uh, there is probably something going on there as well, and you know we as part of the human body we actually without even knowing it we know what foods we like yeah. and we don't like so for example you don't have to taste fish every time to know that you don't like fish or you don't have to taste something your 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 brain actually remembers that and again for you If your two boiled eggs, the protein in them, there's got, you know, you're going to have these amino acids in your two eggs. These are going to actually, your brain knows that by actually having these, that they're going to give you the lift that you actually need. So it's very individual, but it is actually, there is a scientific basis behind it. So it's not your imagination. That true scientific basis behind
6: yeah, it. I was thinking that it's not uh, because there would be one. <laughs> one morning, quite recently, actually, I looked into the there was no eggs. I said, oh God! I go and I didn't feel right. Do yeah, you know, what just am sat, I going to my, do? My day Absolutely. hadn't started properly, you know, and yeah, all the, all too. the fruit and everything else. It's not the same if there's something you have to start your day. And I know over Christmas there's so much extra food around. So, tell me something. Does anybody actually like Brussels sprouts, or get good good mood out of Brussels sprouts?
14: Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Is that it is actually very because Brussels sprouts exactly would be sort of like vegetables, and vegetables are obviously going to affect your gut microbia as well. And um, so, fiber-rich foods. I mean, some people. I think, in this particular survey had... um uh, broccoli as one of their mood enhancers. Um, now, again, it wouldn't be my cup of tea at all. I mean, a bar of chocolate would definitely be much nicer to me than broccoli. But it is very, very individual. And, you know, sort of like some people absolutely love Brussels sprouts and other people absolutely have a hate of Brussels sprouts. But like that, again, your brain remembers. You don't have to taste it to know whether you like it or you don't like it. Mm. Um, but, you know, any of the fiber-rich foods are also, or any of the fermented foods they're also going to have a, an effect on your book and your gut microbia um, so it's it's very individual um, you know as as part of this research uh, that was done like Five percent wanted sushi, and seven percent wanted oily fish. Now, I, I can't imagine as as again that, it, that would be something that it would appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. Whereas the ten most popular ones, do you want me to go through those, or do you want your listeners? Well, to what, try we might, and get what we might
6: what we might do that? is go through the bottom five, and I'll get the listeners to to choose the top five and see where we go. Because tea comes in a lowly tenth place.
14: Absolutely, which I was quite surprised at myself. I thought tea would come in much higher up, actually. But the bottom five would be ice cream, cake, biscuits, dark chocolate, and tea. Now but the, the, the dark chocolate is certainly understandable um because of the, the 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 properties that are going to be in dark chocolate is slightly different from milk chocolate mm. but they're the bottom five so i'd be very curious to know what um what your listeners yeah. actually um what your listeners will actually come up with so
6: ice cream and, cake biscuits are actually not in the top 3 we would have thought Christ
14: that's right yeah, they're, they're, they're number six, seven and eight. Yeah, exactly. Well, Before um, we have some
6: fun with that, a, a question on the line, uh, Mary. Someone wants to know, any advice with regard food and increasing sex drive? Now, there's one out of the blue.
14: Well, I can only open that uh, answer that one off the top of my head yeah. that oysters are supposed to be an aphrodisiac. But again, <laughs> would oysters be a... I'm not quite sure about that well, um, but I suppose it would depend what the circumstances would be of somebody's reduced sex drive so yeah. I think it's a little bit more complex than that it probably,
6: it probably is and thank you for at least giving it a go. Thanks very much for being with us. Okay. I, I, thank you very
14: much All, all those mood boosting foods over Christmas.
6: Yes indeed we'll, 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 we'll enjoy those Dr. Mary McCreary, dietitian and nutritionist and working with Yakult Thank you 1850 So let's do this Let's see what you think Are the, the big ones The ones that you just Can't do without Eh we well, give you the top 10 <laughs> Oh it's Christmas Give me a break <laughs> Right At 10 Tea At 9 Dark chocolate At 8 Biscuits At seven, cake. At six, ice cream. Give me the top five
2: that you eat for mood. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance
3: Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
2: Access all areas on Cork's 96FM.
3: Your guide to nightlife
2: on Side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's
15: entertainment. Hailed as one of the most successful live acts ever to come out of the UK, Simply Red have confirmed a return to Ireland to Cork Live at the Marquee on June 1st. Tickets are now on sale from US$ usual outlets. Access all areas. Gavin James is set to play two shows at Cork Opera House, taking place on the 2nd and 3rd of April. Tickets are now on sale from Cork Opera House box office. Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by mailing us at aaa at
7: 96fm.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on
3: the side on Cork's 96fm.
6: your nominations coming for our super value hamper for this hour, who would you like to give a super value hamper to, to share the magic this Christmas with super value 083 396 96 96, we'll draw another one we're getting loads of them. draw another one uh, before we finish this hour also, in <clears throat> the next hour we will be marking the 25th anniversary of the death of Sophie Toscane du Plantier it would have been tomorrow morning that her body would have been found. So it would have been tonight, as in this night coming, uh, 25 years ago that she met her death down in West Cork. we we'll look at that in our last hour. Also, uh, well, so what is the one thing? I, I'll offer you a larder. You can have a, a walk-in larder, pantry, kit, whatever. And you can have anything you want. What is the one thing, if you want to lift your mood, that you grab? Grab as much of it as you can and sit down and indulge. What would it be? We asked Bailey this this morning at half of seven and straight out she had it. Straight out. Make a shot. There is one that tops the, that, that, that tops the list. But believe it or not I couldn't that biscuits, cake or ice cream are not even in the top five. So what are in the top five? 1850 715 996 Have a listen to this. I'm really looking forward to to, to this over Christmas.
15: I need you to do a comedy gig for me Friday night.
11: E equals MC two. What does the E stand for? E equals MC two. This is my first comedy stand-up gig. Please be nice. Who
5: advertises themselves as a surprise comedian? But
15: what actually is the problem, eh? Des, you're the problem. You
13: were.
5: If there were anyone worth talking about we'd know it.
13: Do you know who wrote that? No Algar Huxley, he was a genius, completely and utterly dyslexic,
6: just like you. Gary Way is the director of Standing Up. It goes on YouTube, New Year's Day. Gary, good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. The trailer is brilliant. I can't
15: wait to see it. What's it all about? Um, what it's all about, PJ, is uh, our main character, uh, Barry Collin, played by Jerk Kearney. He's basically a genius who can't read. Um, he's dyslexic, and it's been something that has uh, affected him his whole life. And as a result, he has chronic anxiety. This chronic anxiety has emerged because... Um, you know, his self-esteem was kind of taken apart by an education system which wasn't a good fit for him. And Joe Kearney plays the main part um, of Barry Collin and his his performance is magnificent. Mm. Most That's Joe the magician, him, is it? Joe the magician, yeah. Mm. He's uh, he's really something, and his performance is it is superb. So uh, yeah, we're really happy with it. Now.
6: What was the inspiration for it? Why 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 write a a, a movie or a film about a, a dyslexic comedian? Where was the inspiration?
15: Well, the the inspiration was kind of twofold. PJ, um, I remember I was lecturing up the country um, at University of Limerick, and I remember seeing an open mic comedy night stand on the on the courtyard there one day. I thought, God, I'd love to do that. It kind of made me feel a bit anxious. Went home kind of said, no, we leave it off. But that's where the anxiety part of it came from. Um, I created this character in my head then, and I often wondered, what's his problem? What's the basis for his anxiety? And then as I observed my students, I just started to see some of them um, really struggle in classrooms. They'd approach me afterwards, and they'd speak about dyslexia and the kind of anxiety which emanated from that dyslexia. And... um, it was really eye opening and then it just dawned on me. Imagine if you were a genius, or in our case, a genius comedy writer who couldn't read. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I'd have survived in society, PJ, if I was perceived as stupid. And I can only imagine how I heard. that would be if you are if you were a genius and okay. society perceived you as stupid. Because we have these measurements of each other in society. Which aren't really accurate. Oh, he did this, he did this in school, he did that in school, or he did poorly. And it's just, it has a massive impact on people. And that's where the inspiration came from. Um, a lot of people got involved then. Our executive producer, Rob Halen, is a BAFTA winning writer. Amazing people came along. Dave O'Callan, the former Munster rugby player who's now with Baritz, yeah. he got involved as an executive producer, played a huge role in financing the project. Brian Hurley, of big handsome media. So we signed a big TV deal back in 2015, 14, somewhere around there. And that ultimately ultimately fell through, PJ. Mm -hmm. And then we've been kicking it around a bit. We were over in Cannes. We got some funding, this thing, COVID, everything else. So eventually, through through lockdown, over lockdown, we just said what we'll do is we'll release a one-off special on New Year's Day at 3 p.m. Um, on our YouTube channel and we'll get it out to the world Mm. because um, we do believe it's worth watching. As you said, we're very happy with the trailer and other people have really got it behind us now. It's going to be released in association with Pieta House nationally, Mm. which is amazing, with the the Dyslexia Association of Ireland and the Two Nari's podcast, um, Timmy Long and James Mm. Leonard, have been huge getting behind it. They're doing a
6: lot for Cork with regard to dyslexia and mental health, you know. Mm. I think dyslexia is, it's a kind of a a hidden thing in that people become very good at hiding it. Um, Yeah. But they shouldn't have to become good at hiding it, but yet they do. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think this we'd
15: often refer to it as masking when you put on this face for society and it's um yeah it is it is very tricky. I mean we learn so much about dyslexia throughout the process. There, there's an amazing book written on dyslexia called At Home with Dyslexia. Sorry, another call came through there, okay, but there's a, there's there's um there's a, an amazing book called At Home with Dyslexia, written by uh, Sasha Roos, and we I I contacted Sasha Roos directly. And I think couldn't I may believe have spoken to Sasha
6: Roos. I think I may have spoken. Yeah. The name rings a bell. Yeah
15: yeah she's amazing an amazing dyslexia consultant based in Cork and immediately just got involved I mean no money Pete, you can imagine like no money involved anything just yeah I'll, I'll get involved with that and we've had a lot of that and it's only been you kind of end up with an amazing bunch of people because everyone's in it for the right reasons mm-hmm. because there is no money and it was just a, a bit of a passion project about something that meant a lot to, to a lot of us you know
6: well if the show itself is produced as well and is and is Lavishly as the as the trailer, and if that's just an edited version of the trailer that I that I did there before this yeah. morning. It, it's going to be a super super production, and I so look forward to watching it at New Year. Where's the best place to find it? You just search on YouTube. Is there a channel to go to? So, yeah. So our 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 YouTube channel is Old
15: Team Productions. That's O L D T E A M old team productions okay. and we have it's premiering there on our YouTube channel and there's a watch page there so there'll be the countdown and Pieta House will be counting down into it as will the two Norris and the Dyslexia Association of Ireland that's all feeding back in to that uh, YouTube page and it goes live at three on and New if Year's people then, yeah on New Year's Day so if, if people in Cork would support it and share it we'd really appreciate it because um
6: and will it show after the three o'clock showing you know it will be there forever.
15: We were going to leave it there forever. Our, our our thought process was if it broadcast on RT one Thursday night, it'd be up once, no one would see it, and we'd never hear of it again. But our idea now is it's there and it'll be there forever. And we do believe it will connect with a lot of people, both on this, from the side of anxiety and dyslexia. And all the supports are going to be present. Um, around the the video in terms of Pieta House and Dyslexia Association that people can go
6: to get help if things kind of strike a card at them, you know? Okay, listen, I wish you every success with it. It sounds like a super piece of work. I look forward to watching it around New Year. Good luck with it, Gary and congratulations to everybody involved. PJ, you're a gentleman. Thanks a million for having me on. I really appreciate it and happy Christmas. And to you, sir. And to you. Now, over the Christmas, the pets will be around the house Uh, I don't know about you, but my Christmas tree has been knocked once. Um, We're blaming the cat. Uh, The tree itself might have been slightly top-heavy, but we are blaming the cat and whatever. Um, And we have to keep the dogs away from the candy canes. (laughs) If you come to our house, the candy canes are up high because one of the dogs is constantly at the candy canes and will suck the paper off them if she can get them and it's not good for them so we have to mind our pets over the Christmas because there's stuff in the house that if they eat then it could be very very damaging Uh, I'm joined by uh, Pete the Vet and good to have you on the opinion line Pete, good morning to you Good morning Now we had a narrow one uh, last year when one of our dogs got out a bowl of jellies Now we we, we caught him but he'd swallowed a fair few Now he was all right, but it could have been Mm. so dangerous You have to watch your your dogs around sweets and treats at Christmas, don't you?
13: You do. And I think what's important is that people know that it's not just eating of excess sweets that's the problem. The problem is there are a few things that are really toxic to dogs in particular. And you need to, to know that if your dog eats some of these, then you need to get to the vet immediately, even if it's Christmas Day. And I have to say, I was on call last Christmas, and I was called out two or three times because I had to give injections to dogs that had eaten stuff they oughtn't have eaten to make them sick. Um, And so the the two biggies that people need to be aware of are, first of all, chocolate. And uh, um, if a dog steals half a box of chocolates, that can be enough to kill them, seriously. And so there's no point in waiting and seeing, because if you wait and see... Um, uh, three or four hours later, it's going to be seriously ill, and there's very little can be done f- for them. Whereas uh, and, if- and
6: Pete, why is that? There, there's in—is it—is it in chocolate? There's just a natural ingredient that's
13: toxic to the animal. Yeah, it's. it's- really there's an ingredient that's called theobromine and that's why if you have a few chocolates you probably get a little bit of a buzz in your head and, and, and that's very nice for humans but dogs can't metabolize that properly and it, and also it has a toxic effect on their heart so it builds up and builds up and they start to get an irregular heartbeat and then you know um, after that then that the heart can actually stop uh, and, and they have a heart attack and so that's the danger and the thing is like I say once the drug is in that once the the chemical is in their system there's nothing you can do other than ride the storm and sometimes they, they don't survive the storm so way better than doing that what you should do is do a simple calculation as to has your dog taken enough chocolate for it to be dangerous and once you've done that quick calculation if needed you need to get to the vet the vet will give an injection it'll make your dog sick the stomach will be empty the chocolate will be removed and so that's the safest thing to do
6: Okay, now you mentioned something grapes, and there'd be grapes and I would not have thought that it, I mean, <laughs> like one, one idiot who'll play with a grape, but never mm. eat it will chase it around the the, the floor like a ball, <laughs> but will
13: never actually eat the thing, but yeah. I didn't
6: realise grapes are dangerous
13: But and, and this is a peculiar one, right because the thing is that dogs can eat grapes quite happily time after time after time and then on one instance after eating grapes, they'll develop Serious and and almost fatal kidney failure. Now, they they discovered this by doing studies of dogs that presented for kidney failure at emergency clinics. And they worked out that what the dogs had in common was that they'd all eaten grapes in the previous 24 hours. So what they've discovered is that there's there's a random and intermittent toxin in some grapes. Not in all grapes, but in some grapes. And for that reason, it's safest if a dog eats anything more than just an occasional grape or raisin, if they take a mouthful or or, 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 or whatever of, of grapes or of raisins, then again, their stomach should be emptied. They should be given an injection to make them sick so that the, any possible toxin is removed from their system before it can damage their kidneys. Yeah.
6: On the subject of raisins, you mentioned, I, I, I would say Christmas pudding, Christmas cake, mince pies, keep the dogs away from them.
13: Yes, just keep them away altogether, because they'll happily munch them if oh, they, they get a chance. <laughs> Absolutely. They'll sit, they'll sit
6: next to you and do the eyes until you give them some.
13: Yes, yes, they love it, they love it. In fact, that's probably the biggest risk with dogs, is that they just have such a huge appetite. They just, They just love eating stuff that they like. And so, like, if you or I were faced with, let's say whole bar, box of chocolates we might eat three or four before we start to say no really we've had enough now whereas if you gave the docs access to the same box of chocolates they would just eat the whole they'd go on till they'd finished every last chocolate they don't have an off switch when it comes to their appetite and mm. that's that's why they're particularly prone to poisoning because they just eat such a big a big load of the And we,
6: we used to think didn't we that, that that was just puppies but actual actual fact it's not it, it they never lose that
13: No, but not all dogs, Funny enough, but a lot of dogs, especially some breeds like Labradors and Cavaliers, they live, they absolutely live for food.
6: Cavaliers are just thick anyway. I mean, and I know I have them and I love them to bits, but they're just dopes. (laughs) Pete, with regard to cats,
13: uh, Mm. it's not quite so dangerous for cats. Well, cats are much more finicky eaters, Yeah, so then, you know, they're they're not going to, Tuck into to, to, to chocolates, and they don't have the same sensitivity to, to grapes as dogs do. Um, but the, I think the danger for cats is a bit different, and that is something again that's not widely known. And that is poisoning by lilies. So lilies are beautiful flowers that we yeah. actually loved we love to have around our home. Yes. But the prob- the problem is that lilies contain a chemical which is toxic to cats' kidneys. Mm-hmm. And again, you might say, well, a, a cat's hardly going to go and munch on lilies. Well, it won't, no, but I'll tell you what happens. A cat brushes past a lily and will get pollen on its coat. you know that orange pollen? Yes, yes, yes. Things? Well, what the cat will naturally do is it's to delicious. groom themselves. Yeah. And when they groom themselves, they lick off the pollen and they swallow it. And then again, they go on and get kidney failure. And, uh, and, and once they've got kidney failure, you know, it can't be fixed. So the answer here is um, just if you've got cats you need to be acutely aware of the risk of lily toxicity. So preferably don't have lilies in your home. If you do have lilies in your home, then I would nip off all the pollen, all the little stamens with pollen on them, yeah. and I would make sure you, you, you don't let your cats get anywhere near the plants. Right. And that way you can keep any risk to an absolute minimum.
6: Lastly, Pete, I have an idiot cat who loves mashed potato. Is it safe yeah. to give the mashed potato
13: completely. It's, Your cat can tuck into as much mashed potato as it wants. Not a problem she'll at all. A,
6: she'll, sit, she'll sit up in a kitchen chair and I'm sure she's asking for <laughs> meh! I've <laughs> Pete, never ha- heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! Happy Christmas Pete, thank you very much. That's Pete Wedderburn Pete the Vet on the Opinion Line of Corks 96. Oh my cat, yeah she will, yeah. She'll she'll sit up on the kitchen chair when we've mashed potatoes and she meh! I'm convinced she's like, meh! Convinced she's asking. All right, where am I going? Kean Kean, Who do you want to give the hamper to? My mum. Okay, tell me about your mum.
16: Um, as I was born with a disability and I'm in a wheelchair, so growing up she would have, and she still does. She takes me to different hospital appointments and so on, and different appointments. And I'm an athlete as well, so she'd bring me as she's the only driver in the house. She'd bring me to different sporting events as well.
6: Brilliant. What sport do you do, lad? Javelin and discus. Good boy, good boy. And she brings you to all your training and all your events. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What's her What's her name? Maria. All right. Well, we've got a hamper from Super Value for Maria. All right. And yeah, you're our winner you for this, our Keen. And have a, have a great Christmas, you and the family, all right, you man? Too.
8: You too, yeah, And we we'll get thank
6: them out to you tomorrow uh, with the street fleet. Thank you. That's Keen, our latest winner with Super Value. I have one more.
2: Oh,
6: hang on. Talk yourselves. I have one more because we're looking to share the magic with Super Value this Christmas. And they've one more hamper in the last hour of the show. And we want you to nominate who you want to give it to. The gift of giving. And uh, with Super Value Of course if you're not a lucky winner You can check the hampers out At your local Super Value But another one In the next hour
2: Can we just talk The Opinion Line On Cork's 96FM With
3: McCarthy Insurance Group Call in person Or call them now They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk CMIG.ie
2: The lines are live And we're ready to talk Can we just talk Call 1850-715-996 Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696 96 96.
3: Email opinion at 96fm.ie
2: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan On
3: Cork's 96FM
6: yeah, No one has guessed the top mood food as yet. 83 396 96, 96. The thing that people reach for to boost their mood more than anything else. In fact, 39% of those that they surveyed reached for this. Uh, number two, well, I give you the number five, right? We gave it the bottom five. Number five is crisps and snacks, okay? Number four is chocolate biscuits. Now, plainer biscuits were at number eight. Number four is chocolate biscuits. So see, can we... Make a stab at the top three uh, Someone says mint Mint ice cream Mint chocolate Peppermint Hadn't to do with mints Yeah Very partial to it after it Myself So I am A bit of mint ice cream I know Yes absolutely A bit of mint chocolate too Yep yeah. Yep yeah. 1850 715996 The Guardy have issued a statement <coughs> Read the incident in Washington Street Last night Um After 8 o'clock Yesterday evening, 21st December, a crowd comprised mostly of youths and juveniles began to gather in the Washington Street area of Cork City. Gardaí conducted patrols of the area and engaged with the crowd in an effort to clear the street. During the course of the evening, a male was arrested after lighting a pyrotechnic in the crowd. He was conveyed to a Cork City guard station and has since been released without charge. A criminal investigation is ongoing. They continued to engage with the crowd present, and all persons were subsequently dispersed from the area. Now, translate that into layman's terms. During the course of the evening, a male was arrested after lighting a pyrotechnic in the grout. He was conveyed to a Cork City Garda station. That's Guy to speak for he, light, he lit a firework, and we arrested him and took him away. And he's been released without charge. So that video was accurate. It was going around social media last night. We got it quite late last night. Myself and the team got a copy of it late last night. And then Fiona got a second copy of it from somebody else. And it's the corner of Washington Street there, not far from the courthouse. And what you see is this group gathering, this crowd gathering. Uh, Quite an aggressive looking crowd. And you see this flash of light and a mad charge and clearly, what's going on is that they have someone has lit a firework and either thrown it at the guards or thrown it into the crowd, um, and and it looked frightening and looked very violent and looked potentially very very dangerous. It happened at or just after eight o'clock last evening. And a message as well this morning from my friend Dave who was out for a walk in the Washington Street area last night and he said that he has um, he saw huge crowds gathered around the courthouse area okay 185715996 now uh, 25 years ago tomorrow uh, i was doing a morning news shift back in the day that was a 6 a.m to 2 run And it was due to finish. It was around about 20, a quarter to two, Christmas week, so I was getting away to do a bit of shopping, as you do. And as I was going out the door of the newsroom, the phone rang. And I picked it up, and it was Eddie Cassidy uh, from West Cork. He was the examiner reporter in West Cork at the time and he said, I don't have a whole pile of information he said, but I said I'm just about leaving, Uh, I think Barry was coming in after me or something, I'm just about leaving he said, "Uh, there's been a body found down here, don't know a whole lot at the moment, I'm going to go to the scene now and find out what I can, and that was the start of the mystery of what happened to Sophie Tuscan Duplantier Uh, 25 years ago, tomorrow morning her body was found outside her house in or down the little lane from our house in Tourmore near Skull. And I'm joined now by a man I spoke to once before, met once or twice before and that is her uncle, Sophie's uncle, Jean-Pierre Gazot. Bonjour et bienvenue, Monsieur Gazot.
16: Bonjour et bienvenue. <laughs> Merci.
6: Jean-Pierre, 25 years this week. Very, very painful for the family. Absolutely. It's a
16: very sad moment for us. It was every year like this uh, since uh, this uh, fatal day, uh, fatal night, from the 22nd to 23rd uh, of December,
6: ninety six. Now, may I ask, because I met them previously... I know they're not in, in in Ireland this year. How are how are Sophie's parents? How was how are how are they? How is their health? How is their well-being?
16: And I I don't understand the question, I'm sorry.
6: Are they well? They're, they're her parents. Are they keeping well? Are ah, they
16: Ah, you mean uh ah, the, the parents of Sophie, you know, they uh, uh they are getting uh, very tired and very old now. So they don't want to to uh Uh, ready to speak publicly about this, you know.
6: Yes, yes. Yeah. Jean-Pierre, can you tell me about the Sophie that you remember?
16: Oh, I have, of course, a lot of remembrance of Sophie. Uh, So I remember, of course, uh, when uh, she was born in July uh, 57. Uh, At that time, I I was uh, almost uh, 12. It was my first miss, and I was, always remember this little baby with red hair and a little spots on the face. And uh, very soon, very lively, with very blue eyes looking at you in an intense way. She was very curious about the world. And uh, uh, just I come back from Africa, mm. and uh, I was in Cameroon, and I visited the yesterday the museum. National Museum in Yaoundé, and uh, there were a lot of uh, uh, art, uh, you know, from uh, from the uh, popular art from uh, Cameroon. And always remember, you know, the special documentary Sophie when she was a producer. Uh, she made a documentary about African art, uh, and the documentary which was uh, on the Art Channel. Uh, So
7: uh, with a large
16: audience, Uh, this documentary attracts the attention of many people, and especially uh, the attention of uh, President Chirac uh, at the time. And uh, President Chirac wrote to her because President Chirac was also a lover of uh, African art. So I just put this anecdote because uh, it's very fresh. Uh, From yesterday, I was visiting, you know, this museum, and all the time, I was uh, thinking to Sophie because uh, I could remember, you know, the, the care she took to uh, prepare that documentary. Yeah. So uh, what happened, you know, in '96, in it was uh, uh, the destruction of, uh, of course, a human being, a woman. And I think she was destroyed because she was a woman. And so, but it was also the destruction of someone who could be able to produce really nice things yeah. uh, afterwards and this is also is a kind of uh, 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 you know uh, when we think about this uh, it's terrible to think uh, about this destruction
6: it is indeed now the there there, there may be uh, a reopening of the investigation sometime in early. 2022 yes. and and you you hope that that may bring a development uh,
16: we hope we always hope because we want to get the truth we want to get uh, eventual justice you know uh, and of course every time there is a new development we again we are trying to hope uh, unfortunately we had so many wrong uh, Uh, hopes over the last 25 years you know, uh, every time we were told, oh the uh, solution will be found soon and afterwards again, we were in uh, we came back in the darkness of uh, what happened exactly during that night from the 22nd to the
6: 23rd of December. Yes, yes and and your hope is that if if the guy the police here take another look, that something oh, yes. something could happen. You, you hope, for example, that, that yes, I mean, we have a new D- DPP now. You're hoping that the yeah. new DPP may take another look.
16: Absolutely, uh, we hope that the new DPP will have a different look uh, at uh, at the question because we were so uh Disappointed by uh, the behaviour of the previous DPP and also by uh, the behaviour of the Irish state in this affair. It's not uh, at all. Uh, we don't criticize the the Irish people because they were most most of them they were wonderful about this. Pose the question and uh, we we join. We are totally in phase with uh, Sophie because Sophie was in love with uh, Ireland and with Irish people. Yes, And uh, 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 we know that many, many uh, friends, in in particular in that region around Skull, uh, they are they prepare something special they are they have already prepared something special for uh, this uh, sad anniversary so we are very very grateful for that yes. we are very grateful for the strong friendship friendship we could feel you know from the friend the very strong support we could feel from the the irish people yes yes but of course on the other side uh we are uh we uh, we are very uh, cautious in terms of uh, what we call what we are told uh, about new developments because yeah. uh, we we are so many so many times disappointed by what happened.
6: Yes, there were two documentaries this year and yeah. a, and a new book. Did you yeah. did you read the book? Did you see the documentaries?
16: I, uh, I, uh, uh, the documentaries, I saw the documentaries, of course, and the, uh, the books. Actually, there were three books. There, there was a book by, uh, the last year by, uh, or two years ago by Ralph yes. Siegel. Yes. There, there was another one by Michael Sheridan. Uh, there, there is a book by Nick Foster this year. I didn't have, so, so far, I know some, uh, some part of the book, but I didn't have the time so far to read the, completely the book. Sure, so I will do. Of course, I will sure. do. And, and there was also Did, did you think,
6: did, did you think, Jean-Pierre, that the documentaries? Do you think that they were fair? Uh,
16: the documentaries, uh, the Netflix documentary, uh, We found the, that one because he had the support. It had the support of family. Of course, uh, uh, we th- think it was fair. The other one, I have, uh, uh, I am very respectful about the talent of uh, the pro- of uh, the movie maker
6: Jim Sheridan. Yes, yeah,
16: because he's a very strong, uh, high level movie maker. But uh, uh, personally, I felt little and little, uh, you know. Uh, uh, the character, the character, the Bailey character became literally, became represented as a victim character. Yes,
6: and yes, we cannot yes. Accept.
16: We cannot accept
6: at know, the moment. I know. Uh, I I wish you well, and I I hope that one day you have the answers that you need, and I hope that one day, and I know that in your mind, Jean-Pierre, and in the mind of her family, she will never truly rest until. All of the answers are known. I'm correct in that, am I not?
16: Thank you very much. I'm very grateful for that All on right. behalf of the family.
6: Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Merci beaucoup, Eorvar and uh, Joa Noel. That's Jean Pierre Gazot, uncle of Sophie Toscan de Plantier. And, and uh, thank you for taking our call, Jean Pierre. He's just back in France from Africa and is quite tired and needs some rest. But for the day that's in it, he <coughs> agreed to have a a chat with us, and thank you for that. Uh, Eighteen fifty seven one five. You're back with your phone now. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Yeah. Will we ever really know? I keep asking Ralph Regal that question when he's on the show with me and has been a couple of times on indeed I interviewed Nick Foster who who wrote the book an excellent book by the way which I recommend a read of it and I also interviewed Jim Sheridan who made the documentary some have accused Jim Sheridan of being a bit biased or a bit of, of being of, of portraying Ian Bailey as a victim some have accused him of that um, having watched both of the documentaries a number of times I wouldn't be inclined to agree with them but that having been said some people feel that way they're all up there, they're there on Sky and they're there on Netflix if you want to watch them yourself over the Christmas and I do heartily recommend a read of, of Nick Foster's book it's an excellent uh, stocking filler if, if such a, a tragic story makes a stocking filler that's Jean-Pierre Gazot uncle of the late Sophie Toscan de Plantier who met her death on a country road in Skull 25 years ago tonight
2: Can we just talk the Opinion line on Corks 96 FM with
3: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. We're playing all your favorite Christmas hits after midday on Corks 96 FM for the holiday. with your local Mace making it a Christmas full of smiles. Fully focused, what do you mean? Got my eyes on a prize, that's
2: me. Manchester City are the champions. Number one, that's up for the league. The best football league in the
6: world is right here.
2: Firmino with the flick. Salah.
4: Fernandez, he's going to go for
6: goal. Oh, what a goal. The Premier League Live, powered by Top Sport. Join me, Trevor Welch, exclusively
8: online at 96fm.ie.
3: Tune in Saturdays as we ramp up the excitement for the day's biggest games. We'll bring you pre match analysis, live commentary, and in depth interviews with some legends of the sport. Get up with
8: the The Premier League Live. With
3: NOW. Stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sport with a NOW Sports Extra membership.
6: Listen every Saturday exclusively online at 96fm.ie
2: or download the Cork's 96FM app. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 83
3: 396
2: On Corks 96 FM. Just
6: a quick reminder to you, Christmas morning, I'll be over on Corks 96mas to ring in the Christmas. Christmas morning, at 7 to 10, just there for a couple of hours on my favourite morning of the whole year. Uh, over on Corks 96mas, sponsored, of course, by Desi's Tires and Bridgestone. If there's anybody who'll be working on Christmas Day, or anybody who's away, or anybody that you'd like to mention, I got a nice email during the week asking me to mention all the members of the Defence Forces, particularly those serving overseas stuff like that Anybody you'd like me to mention on the best morning of the year, Christmas morning, I'll be on Cork's 96mas between 7 and 10. But I'd like you to get your emails into me if you could by this evening, if that's possible at all. All right, get them into me by this evening, pj.96fm.ie, for anybody who you'd like me to mention on Christmas morning on Cork's 96mas. None of you are getting the number one on the list right. None of you. Well, one or two have gotten close, but not quite close enough, like I'm getting bananas... No, not on the list. Uh, wine, strangely enough, not on the list. Pizza, uh, no. Pe- peanuts, now peanuts, they'd be there along with crisps and savouries. So back down. Cheese, strange enough, no. Donuts, no. Ice cream would be number six. I suppose you'd bring donuts in as cake, right? So that's number seven. Bacon, what? Bacon, I presume you mean rashers. And coffee, oh, someone's got coffee Coffee's quite high on the list Coffee's quite high on the list um, And mints Mints, yeah So we've got a fair stab, but no one yet No one yet has come up with The number one mood boosting food Surely we'll get one by By midday I wonder, did the lads know actually The um, the lads Kevin and PJ From I'm Grandma'am. Hi lads how are things? How's How are you f- getting on? How are you doing? That's that's Kevin and PJ. Can you hear me? How are you doing? You not? How's it going, lads? Uh, crack. <laughs> that's the crack. <laughs> do you know what the biggest, most popular mood food is, lads?
4: Oh, well, when you said I'm um, coffee, confused, I'm a bit stumped. I would have said coffee myself. Yeah. I a do good, love a good Barry's tea, like, but
8: that's like similar to coffee.
6: No, well, Barry's, Barry's tea comes at the bottom of the list, number 10, and, or any tea, or coffee comes at number two. So you're getting there, but you okay. haven't quite got number one yet. How are you getting on, lads? We were talking in the summer of 2020, and the podcast was starting to take off. And at the time, I think you wanted... You had just gotten the interview with Paul Meskel. Did you ever get Roy Keane? No. no That's where we're on
8: coming his. on. We're coming on to a publicly request, Roy, to come on the podcast.
6: Uh, yeah. This is a public
8: appeal... Roy, if you're <laughs> listening, we're not going to rest until you come on. Yeah,
6: lads, tell tell people the story again. This this podcast started with the two of you half drunk on a plane. Am I right, PJ? Do you want to go and tell?
8: <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, no, we weren't half drunk. We just had a glass of wine. But sure, we we were like half cut in the plane. We were excited about going to Budapest basically for my birthday. Yeah, and we were talking about doing a podcast. Hey, Kevin kind of had a notion about doing one. And then we were like, sure, we might as well plan it now. So then we just took a sick bag on the plane asked the lovely air host for a pen and then just started planning it over a glass of wine. like
6: On the back of a sick bag? Sick bag.
8: On the back of a sick bag, yeah. I, I'd, love, I'd love if we could find that, Kev. I was saying the other day we should have a road around because I'm sure I kept it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and now, and you've just done your your Christmas special and all that, you've got 50,000 listeners every week. Lads, is that getting huge?
4: About that. Yeah, it's kind of mad how it's transpired, I suppose, lockdown for us really, even though it was a bit of a crap time. um, It meant that people were just going on their daily walks, so people kind of had nothing better to be doing than to be listening to us. So, um, it really was great for listens and stuff. Um, And now we've 75 episodes under our belt, and it's just yeah, it's just been a mad year, to be honest.
6: Yeah, and you kind of, you don't often, it's not every week you do one. Like, you might you might leave it, leave it off for a couple of weeks, and then you come back with another one. You don't, you just kind of do it when, when you've got one in you, is that it?
4: Well, see, we were doing them weekly there, and I think people think, oh, lads, the lads have nothing better to be doing than to just be doing the podcast. But basically, we planned a tour there to try and get a, lo- a few live dates in. Yeah. So we kind of took a break because we wanted to focus our energy on that. Um, so we were doing shows in Cork. We did Cork, Dublin, um, London, uh, Belfast. We were meant to do one in Edinburgh as well. So it's kind of just a two-man team. Mm-hmm. So we kind of the podcast kind of took a bit of a backseat for a while just so we could get everything sorted. But um, once we're actually in season there, we try and bang one out like one, once every week.
6: Yeah, and it literally is just sit down with the microphone and the laptop and just start yapping. <laughs>
8: we try no, and that's, structure that's we bit, it no, PJ, don't be just saying that we be slinging, just doing nothing. We try and structure a bit around the team. <laughs> well, I know what mean. you
6: said before. You try and structure it, but you, the whole—I mean, I, I still think at the time—and there was only very, this one where, where for out of no reason at all, you spent ten minutes talking about pebble dash.
8: Uh, yeah, but sure, if, once the once the conversation gets going, like you can't shut us up. We don't know where it's going to go. That's
4: the best bit. You've no idea where this is going, like. <laughs> Peter, it's all in the chemistry between the two of us yeah. and the core human the can't le- beat it. That's what it is. Yeah,
8: yeah, Sometimes when me and Kevin are getting interviewed, we have to calm down because the interviewer's just sitting there and they're like, you're going to let me
6: talk. And then we're like, oh, yeah, sorry. That's fine if you want to. Go on and guess away. That's real. Tell me about the tour. Like I'm um, lads, the name of it. Glory Holy.
4: <laughs>
6: Who came up with that? Like, come on.
4: Uh, Kim, you? Well, the thing is we went to, we kinda of promised everyone this um this tour once things started to open up again. And then we, we had a planning session then when we were in London we decided we'd go out for our, um, a coffee and then peter was like will we do a based around religion and literally it was the first idea that came out of um like our heads and we were like let's go for it and then i think about 10 minutes later we had the name and we were like that's it so yeah people can we're not going to explain it on the
6: radio people can No 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 don't, don't 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 Let's don't no no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> so from the conversation and writing notes on a sick bag on the plane going to budapest for the birthday to selling out theaters, fifty thousand regular followers a week on the podcast, and I think you're back at the Everyman soon enough. Yeah,
8: yeah. yeah so yeah. Was, we're we're hoping to get back there at the end of January. Now we're just chatting to him about everything, but you know, yourself with all the restrictions and stuff, we're just um, trying to secure and make sure everyone's safe and stuff. But yeah, we're buzzing to yeah.
4: get back. Yeah. How are things oh, I in London? Separate shows. Yeah. Because the 50% capacity thing But uh, yeah, we're going to be back there Hopefully at the end of the month
6: How are things in London these days? The, the, the news coming out of it's a bit scary
4: Yeah, it was mad yeah. me, me and
8: Kev were both kind of like Let's get back as soon as possible So I'm up in Blaney Street now In Kevstone and Douglas, thank God Oh, you're um,
6: oh, you're both home? Yeah,
8: well, yeah came we came home for Christmas
6: Fantastic, fantastic Did you get your mems on the show, by the way? Yeah Good <laughs>
4: We did an episode with the Mammies, that was last year, and then when we were doing the last shows there in the Everyman, it was hilarious, because both of our mams, before we did the show, they were like, don't have us up on stage now, we don't want it, we don't want it. And then at the end of the show, we were just saying a few thank yous. We hadn't even asked them to come up, and next thing, I just saw Nuala sprinting down the aisle, <laughs> up on stage, and then we couldn't find- my mum has gone to the Jacks then, so it was like, my mum <laughs> didn't care then, so we'd know what was going on. But, uh, it was it nah, so funny, it.
8: My mom was standing on the stage with all of us and then we were like, Where's Phil? Where's Phil? and she was in the bathroom, so then like all like the six hundred people inside everyone were just waiting
6: for Phil to come out of the bathroom to so could up and stage.
8: <laughs>
6: <laughs> what did you do over Christmas? Will you will you both have the Christmas at home with ma'am? Yeah, I yeah, I, I I'm so, so I go I, it's I,
8: it's
4: I, I sorry I'm Kev. Go on here, what are you doing, P? I don't even know what your plans are. <laughs>
8: I'll tell you there, sir, on the, on the radio. We're like, uh, no, me and my mum will have Christmas up with my sister. So, it'll just be me and my sister, my niece and nephew. Like, I love when the kids are around, you know. It's a bit of excitement.
4: Yeah. All All right. reason, I'm here anyway. My mum, she's... I got back from London last night. She's a uh, fresh set of bedclothes on the bed. And I woke up this morning and she had the breakfast ready.
8: Honestly, mm-hmm.
6: can't be, Oh, you're
8: spoiled. You're spoiled down in Douglas. <laughs>
6: Spoiled rotten. Lads, it's great to catch up. and, And I must try and get to that show with every man. Uh, when it comes back, because yeah, let us know. Yeah, My fear is I get dragged up on the flipping stage, but then again, that would that's I would put that down. She lads, <laughs> it, congratulations on on the success, and it's it's great to hear two lads having a bit of fun every week on a podcast and doing it well. And it sounds crazy, and it sounds mad, and it's all of those things, but it's really really good marketing as well. That two lads, PJ and Kevin from Grand, ma'am. The weekly podcast, which is wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, we have a few coming in now. We have a few coming in. Toast with butter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Toast with butter is my good mood food. You want a bit of marmalade, though? You want a bit of marmalade on the toast? Uh, if my daughter is renting to go by, it's popcorn, says Seamus. Michelle has it right. Uh, Marion was the first one to get it right, and I would mention one. But I'm I going to hold off in a little while. What is the number? We've got a few coming in now. The number one mood food. The one that people reach for before anything else. Jerry wants to say this. I was in boots yesterday. I was trying to get a canvas print. I only had cash. The machine only worked with a credit card or with my phone. A lovely girl working there helped me out and it brought a tear to my eye. It was like something you'd see in a movie. Some people are very, very good. Yeah, we've got the... um, We've got we've got the, the answer to that now coming in and Morris even goes to explain why it's the number one mood boosting food. We well the only reason it's number one in my mind, Morris, is it's gorgeous. I love it. At least by the pound. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six.
2: Can we just talk? The opinion line on Corks 96 FM with
3: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk; they walk the walk. Cmig.ie. Can we
2: just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
3: Call us now,
2: 1850-715-996. On Courts, 96 FM.
6: Yeah, lots of you now getting the number one mood food after we pretty much ruled everything else out that it could be. Uh, Marion was first in with it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is if you haven't guessed it yet for a few minutes for a few minutes, all right. 1850-715-996. Now, the Sanctuary Runners, we've spoken to them a few times, to Graham Clifford from the Sanctuary Runners, a few times during 2021, and they've got a big Christmas promotion and a Christmas charity run. Graham, good morning.
11: Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What are you at? Right, so we have left Ireland virtually on Monday, hundreds of us in, from Ireland and across the world, running to the North Pole. We have to deliver a sanctuary runner top to Santa by Christmas Eve. So at the moment, we're, uh, we left Oslo this morning um, and we're heading north through Norway. So it's it's, it's um, a fundraiser rather than a fundraiser, uh, PJ. We're just asking people to donate their kilometres through walking, jogging or running this week. It's kind of a positive distraction with everything else going
6: on you made a lovely video actually of santa checking his list and going through 2000 bikes check footballs check and then one sanctuary runners t-shirt <laughs> and where are we going yes. to get one of those and he picks up his phone and he rings and oh we'll get one to you santa and that's where the idea that that's then you you've got to get there 5600 kilometers in five days so who's involved how many of you are involved
11: Uh, Well, across Ireland, we have hundreds of people involved, people um, in different clubs and groups, schools. Uh, We have people in, I don't know, about 12 countries abroad as well, PJ. And basically, they're going out, uh, wrapping up warm, walking, jogging or running, and then contacting us to say, you know, I ran three kilometers or I walked five kilometers. And then we add that all together together. And uh, we plot it on our graph, on our map, and that brings us along each day. And also involved, PJ, are people living in direct provision centres in Ireland. You know, Mm -hmm. we had a a lovely group of of guys in a direct provision centre up in Letterkenny last night who all, you know, in a a socially distant and safe way, went out and did their walk and then were able to send us their distances. So it brings everybody together on one kind of, you know, theme. And then every morning we have Claire Lamb, you know, the Olympian who Mm. who rode for Ireland. Mm. She does a a morning report. So she tells us how far we got the evening before, uh, what the local delicacies are to eat if we're feeling a bit hungry, what the weather is like, beware of the polar bears, all this kind of (laughs) crap. And it's it's lovely. You get these updates pinged to your phone every now and again with videos about how we're getting on. And we include pictures and videos of people who are taking part in Ireland and across the world. Graeme, remind us
6: again about the, for anyone who hasn't heard it at this stage, the history of the Sanctuary Runners, where it came from.
11: Well, my background, PJ, is as a journalist and uh, I, in, in in my work in Ireland and the UK, I would have done a lot on immigration and I was always drawn to, you know, who is the migrant and uh, what is the story behind their journey, but also uh, the host communities, so, you know, w- why do people act in a certain way, why is there inertia sometimes or what can be done to help? So, um I, yeah, I went for a run one day down in Dungarvan and Waterford, a 10-mile John Tracy run, and the idea kind of popped into my head about using running as a way to bring Irish people and asylum seekers refugees, and other migrants in Ireland mm. together, because running is such a lovely, uh, there's a great equality in it. And then it kind of grew legs from there, I suppose, PJ. We've had huge numbers in the Cork City Marathon each year, And now we have almost 30 groups across Ireland uh, with over 4,000 participants. And we launched our first group in London in early uh, uh, November when it was uh, safe to do so.
6: That's fantastic. And I think one thing that you've not only learned, well, you've learned in your work and we've learned from your work and the work of others, Graham, is that when it comes to our immigrant and migrant community, there is far more that unites us than divides us.
11: Oh, completely. I mean, you know, um, it's got to the point where, I mean, I'm, I'm almost I've uh, become blind to the fact that somebody isn't, you know, from up the road always and ever, because I, I think through shared experiences, you get to know the person. So the label, you know, uh asylum seeker refugee resident citizen they disappear when you get to know the person pj don't they you know Mm. you you know you 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 know and and that can happen so quickly but unless there is a way to bring people together to share in positive experiences then then i think you'll always and and that's the problem in the likes of the uk and the likes of the usa and the likes of france that you know what happens is parallel communities and societies grow misconceptions grow um and the fear of the unknown becomes a big thing if you can remove all of that and show that as you said we're all exactly the same i mean exactly the same regardless of nationality or religion or first language or whatever if you if you can make that very clear and easy for people to to get then i think that benefits all of society
6: Indeed. Indeed. And I don't want to get political on Christmas week, but Graham, looking into 2022, what would you hope to change or to see change, rather, in terms of direct provision?
11: Well, in terms of direct provision, you have the white paper, which, uh, which, which came out earlier this year, uh, which says that there should be movement towards a, um, a change in the system, shorter processing times for applications which is the big one for me, uh, PJ. To me, that's the biggest issue. It's, it's, it's even bigger than the actual direct provision centres themselves. Um, but I think there's been a lot of progress this year. When people look back on this year, the arrival into the office of the, par- of, uh, the, the Justice Ministry of Helen McEntee and the fact that the uh, actual direct provision centre management, if you want to call it that, was moved out of the Department of Justice and into another department, which Roderick O'Gorman now oversees. They were huge movements this year. So I think more of that going forward, uh, you know, that, that kind of more agile and compassionate um, approach by government departments, if that can continue, I think we'll be doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've always felt that the aspiration to completely, you know, uh, erase direct provision within a few years is, is I, I would love to see it happen. But I think it might be tricky. Yeah. Um, and I think you need to focus in on things like application times. That's the big one.
6: Okay. All right. Listen, Graham, uh, assuming you will make it to the North Pole by Christmas Eve, I wish you luck. <laughs> I, lo- I hope so. I wish you luck with that. And, and, uh, and congratulations on all the work that you've done uh, throughout the years with uh, Sanctuary Runners, you and those other volunteers behind it. And we wish you and everybody connected to it a happy Christmas.
11: And the very same to you, PJ, and all your team.
6: Thank you very much. That's Graham Clifford, 185715996. Toast and Vegemite. (laughs) Toast and Vegemite, says Gordon. But then Vegemite seems to be gone off the shelves. Does anyone know where you'd get it? The only place I can think of, Gordon, that I have seen Vegemite or anything like it in the last few months and I am open to correction on this, but I'm almost sure I saw it on a shelf in the Iceland shop. Uh, There's an Iceland shop on the Douglas Road, and there's a big one down, I think, in Middleton. But I think Iceland might be your best bet for Vegemite, if you were looking for it. Would a bowl of cornflakes be the number one mood food? Says Debbie. No, it wouldn't. might be yours, Debbie, but it's not the number one, no. Uh, Would it be Tato? No, Rose, not Tato. A Chinese takeaway, says John. Be- no, not all very nice. Potatoes, lovely. Cornflake, lovely. Yeah. A corned beef sandwich or a ham sandwich. <laughs> no. There's one's got it right. Morris had the reason. No one cares about the reason, Morris, but thank you. Orange juice is another one. Strawberries and cream. Now, strawberries and cream, you'd have to think about it because that's that certainly, certainly they'd, they'd get the juices flowing for you. All right. Eugene says, hi PJ, a happy new year to you You don't agree with me about the seasons No, but you might agree today should be New Year's Day You know what Eugene, there'd be an argument for that Seeing as yesterday was the very, very, very shortest day of the year And that today, the stretch is back And there'll be a stretch of a little bit And yeah, I could I could nearly go with you there In terms of uh, astrological new year I could definitely go with you there, Eugene Thanks, and happy new astrological year to you. Yesterday was the first day of winter, of course, in the astrological winter, so in the meteorological winter. So you can't have it both ways. Fiona, we have been absolutely slewed under with people wanting to nominate nice folks for hampers. Mm. It's been some job for yourself and Bailey out there.
1: I know, yeah, It's um, thank you so much to everybody who's after getting in touch with us today. We do have another um, person on the line there, PJ, as well, but just uh, I just wanted to say thanks a million to everyone who got in touch with us and who nominated friends and family and neighbours and people in the community, and it's amazing to see the amount of work that people do every day, tirelessly without, you know, looking for thanks um, yeah. or praise for what they do, they just do it, and if I could give hampers to everyone, I would.
6: <laughs> oh, if we could get a 40-foot truckload of them off, super value we'd, we'd was, get a home for everyone we only
1: have a few to give away today but um, you know our listeners are really amazing and it's great to see it on so sorry to everyone who didn't get a hamper today but <laughs> thanks fantastic for
6: Th- thanks thanks, thanks, and if you didn't get a hamper today you can check them out at your local Supervalue Supervalue sharing the magic with the hampers we've given away four out of our five where am I going Liz or um, Angela rather Angela mm-hmm. you want to nominate Liz
17: I do um, PJ. Um, my name's uh, Angela Murphy. I want to nominate um, my Auntie Liz, uh, Liz Barrett from uh, Ardmore Station and um, Passage West.
0: Okay.
17: Um, yeah, my Auntie Liz is the kind of person that, uh, as they say, if um, you want something done, ask a busy person. Uh, my Auntie Liz um, looks after everybody that she ever met. Um, she, she and uh, her husband um, look after um, my cousin and Jennifer. She has um, spina bifida and she's amazing the, the amount of work um, she does. She also does um, uh, cooking for um, the local uh, Meals and Wheels. She's involved in, in the church. Um, she Anybody who calls her door there's always a welcome there. She, as I said, she looks after everybody. Mm. Um my auntie Mary, uh, her sister Emma, um, uh, was diagnosed um, with cancer there um, last year. And um, my auntie Liz is the kind of person that she brings. Even though she's so busy, she brings um, my auntie Mary for uh, her appointments um, for the hospital. She uh, looks after um, uh, shopping, food, you Brilliant. name it, and. I suppose where I'm thankful for as well is I live um, about 40 or 50 minutes away from um, my mum and dad and my parents are um, elderly and during um, the lockdown and when you could only go the few kilometres, I was kind of worried what would I do um, uh, with um, my parents and with, you know, getting their shopping and doing everything. And it was my auntie Liz who was there again, and like, she's she's no spring chicken herself, but like yeah. she was there, and she did their shopping. She'd bring dinner over for them. She'd call them with a uh, holy communion to them, yeah. and she'd be there. That like if she was making a cake, she'd drop it over, oh, and brilliant. it's just the kind of person she is, and like, she's so unassuming. Right. And she won't yeah, she's there, she I know, saying so she's listening, she's there i no sure you do it for anybody
6: I know, I know, That's those people are they're, they're just gold, well Auntie Liz is getting a hamper from Super Value and we'll get it out to her tomorrow to say happy Christmas and thanks for everything that she does, and Angela thank you for uh, coming on board with the competition today, and to all of our winners over the last couple of days, and thanks again to our friends at Super Value for that we had just hundreds of them, right, quickly before we're out the gap the top ten The Mood Foods Number 10, tea Number 9, dark chocolate Number 8, biscuits Number 7, cake Number 6, ice cream Number 5, crisps and snacks Number 4, chocolate biscuits Number 3, sweets Number 2, coffee Number 1, milk chocolate Is there anything nicer on the planet than a big bar of milk chocolate in front of the telly of a Christmas night? Just painting a picture for you. Listen, that's it. And uh, we're back tomorrow for the second last show before the end of the year. And our special is on Christmas Eve. That's it today. The programme edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Bailey Olive. Look after each other. The weather is rotten out there. We'll see you tomorrow, just after nine.
2: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Corks, 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group.
3: Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. C-M-I-G dot Hold
0: up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.